The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Halloween, Triple Eight, nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Got another full slate today, as usual. Uh, as I mentioned on uh, Glenn Show, promoting this particular broadcast, uh, we have the story of the dating game serial killer. We're going to share with you uh, coming up here in just a little while. It, it's it's a fascinating story. I don't remember ever hearing this before. Uh, kind of stumbled on it. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and thought, hmm, eh, it's a pretty good story for Halloween. Uh, so there's a, there was a, a man, a, a pretty handsome guy. Uh, he didn't, certainly lo- didn't look deranged, whatever a deranged person looks like. Uh, Jeffy? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, that's a good example, very good example. He Thank did you. not look like Jeffy. Okay, very Did well. not at all look like Jeffy. Um, and he appeared on the dating game which was hosted by Jim Lang, and this was in 1978. He had already killed several women by the time he appeared on the dating game. And he was bachelor number one, uh, and we, uh, we're, we're going to get into uh, what happened once he was selected mm. as the winner of the dating game. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. Also, uh, there's... Much more on what you can and cannot wear today for Halloween, just to be sure that your kids don't go out in in something inappropriate. I've already noticed here in the building today, there are a couple of people who are appropriating my decade, and I'm really pissed off about it. They're wearing 70s attire, and that's 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 decade appropriation, and I, I'm very offended by it. It's got to stop. Um, but the... The good people over at the blog Raising Race Conscious Children are making Halloween a little less enjoyable and just telling us everything that we can't wear for Halloween. In an article, Sachi Ferris described her hesitation when her five-year-old daughter expressed interest in dressing like Elsa from Disney's Frozen for Halloween this year. Ferris's problem is that Elsa is a white princess and she was afraid her daughter would be perpetuating whiteness. As the standard of beauty. What? <laughs> I can't. I mean. What? Literally. What in the? What is that? <laughs> uh, that just doesn't even make sense. She told her daughter, there's one thing I don't like about the character of Elsa. I feel like because Elsa is a white princess and we see so many white princesses, her character sends the message that you have to be a certain way to be beautiful or to be a princess. Shut up. That you have to have white skin, long blonde hair, and blue eyes. And I don't like that message. You're white, like Elsa. If you dressed up as a character like Moana, who has brown skin, you would never change your skin color. But I'm not sure I like the idea of you changing your hair color to dress up as Elsa because I think Elsa's character could also be short a short brown-haired character like you. I guess, I mean... What? I could stop. Ser- serious, this is a mental illness now. This <laughs> is a... I mean, you are deranged. Yep. You're freaking deranged. You seriously need help. If you're screwing up, your children should be... You need a visit from CPS. Honestly, I'm not sure you can be entrusted with children. 
that is just freakishly bizarre. But her daughter wanted to look just like Elsa, not some different form, much to her mother's chagrin. Um, so she requested the long blonde braid, just like in the movie. We can do that, Ferris agreed. When we're dressing up as a made-up character who is white, it's okay to change how your hair looks, but I want you to know that if you wanted to, you could dress up as Elsa and not change your hair. Well, then it wouldn't be Elsa, would it? <laughs> I don't know if you noticed this, but she's so, some sort of... I mean, it's it's not a Scandinavian country, but it's a Scandinavian-like country where the people are probably predominantly white and blonde-haired. She's trying to find more information about if a white person can dress up as another person's culture in a way that honors the culture without making fun of the culture or using the culture in a way that uses stereotypes or makes people who identify with that culture feel uncomfortable. Mm. You can't make people feel anything, okay? That's up to them, how they feel about their culture and whether they're uncomfortable or not. I mean, this is just... Out of control. So ridiculous. Uh, we've got to stand up to this and just say, shut up. Yeah. I'm going to dress my children up in whatever they want. I don't, I don't care. I, you, you can be offended or not be offended. That's going to be up to you. Well, we're a society on the ropes. <laughs> I mean, every, every day. It's not even every day anymore. It's every hour we mm-hmm. are getting pelted with some new absurdity. She also yeah. uh, told her daughter, anyway, I don't like the idea of dressing up using the same traditional clothing that someone from Moana's culture may have worn because that feels like we're laughing at our culture by making it a costume. (laughs) A child whose family is Polynesian could dress up using that type of traditional clothing, but Moana's culture is not our culture. If you want to dress up as someone from one of your cultures, you could be a tango dancer from Argentina. Otherwise... Maybe you could be a modern-day Moana and dress up in clothing you think Moana might wear today. Uh, uh, and then she's not Moana, stupid. Uh, this is just madness. Uh, so, there you go. Raising race-conscious children. Making them so uptight that they're offended by absolutely everything. I mean, I, lo- I love these white parents who are trying to dismantle white culture. You... So she can't dress up as Moana, but she can't dress up as a white person either because your daughter's doesn't have blonde hair. Wow, is this just... Again, it's deranged. It's a, it's a mental illness at this point. And if you're that hung, hung up, uh, seriously, you just need to, sh- you need to be a shut-in now. Turn off television, disconnect from, from humanity, live in your house and never move out of your house. Never go anywhere because... Uh, you're just going to be too upset by everything you see out in public. Whew. But will they still have, like, cable TV and be able to get their no. Kardashian Mm-mm. show in there? No. that's a staple of that. Uh... Well, and the Kardashians learned so much um, when, they, when they just recently visited Planned Parenthood. This is, uh, oh. this is really great. A field trip, huh? They wanted to be educated on what Planned Parenthood is really all about. They didn't want to just accept what was being said in the media. And so they went to Planned Parenthood to see for themselves. And here's what the wonderful Cardassians said about Planned Parenthood afterward. The perception of Planned Parenthood is that it's this like abortion clinic. That's 
nothing like what it's like. Oh, of course, right. Hearing mm -hmm. that firsthand really made it real for me. Hearing the stories for sure was eye-opening. I'm a big fan of Planned Parenthood now. Meeting all the girls me and hearing their stories and seeing mm -hmm. how many women have been helped by some of the services they have to offer. I, I mm -hmm. mean, I think people need to be more educated before they form opinions. And that's what I'm grateful <laughs> that I had the opportunity to do today. As I said on uh, Glenn's show, promoting uh, my show uh, a few minutes ago, the Cardassians telling us we need to be more educated. That's like McDonald's telling Ruth's Chris Steakhouse they need to use higher quality meat. <laughs> it's like Bemidji Community Technical School of Beauty suggesting that MIT should improve their academic standards. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan now because they only kill three to 400,000 children a year, but they also give out condoms. I, I, that is just unbelievable. And look at my butt, too. <laughs> We're starting... The Cardassians now yeah. are going to start telling us what to think politically? We're the ones that we need to be more educated? Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, 888-900-3393. Society on the ropes. Also, the wildfire of sexual harassment continues to burn out of control. Um, Andy Dick now, who's... Uh, certainly not a conservative guy, I would think. Uh, no. Not a quiet guy. <laughs> not a super appropriate guy. He was fired from uh, a movie role that he's recently uh, obtained over sexual harassment claims. Uh, they claim that he groped people. He denies ever groping somebody, but he says, he does admit, yeah, I might have kissed somebody on the cheek to say goodbye and then licked them. That's my thing. You might have. <laughs> now, see, that can't be your thing, okay? You can't be licking people in the face. You can't do that. I know you want to have a thing, but that's not a thing you can have anymore. That's not a thing, okay. If you could ever have that thing, which would have really... I'd pull your tongue out of your mouth if you did that to me. Um, but <laughs> that's not a thing you could ever do. Uh, I think it'd be appropriate. But especially now in this environment, not a good idea. So he was dropped from the independent movie... Raising Buchanan following these accusations. The Hollywood Reporter wasn't able to reach any of the alleged victims, but uh, two sources detailed his inappropriate behavior, which included groping people's genitals, unwanted kissing and licking, as he admits, and sexual propositions of at least four members of the production. It's un <laughs> unclear whether they were actors or just members of the crew. So, uh,. <laughs> Dick did confirm that he was let go from his small role, but he vehemently denies the groping claims and it admits to the licking. Uh, he said <laughs> the quotes and stories these days, man. I know, it's so great. Uh -huh. He said he's aware of his reputation. At first, he made light of the situation, joking, my middle name is misconduct. They know what they signed up for. However, he followed that up with a denial that he ever groped anybody on set. I don't grope people anymore. <laughs> So he's obviously done that in the past. He used to grow people, but right now he's not doing that. I don't expose myself anymore. Good heavens. <laughs> Wait, his full name is Andy Misconduct Wow. Dick? Yes. Wow, that's a long middle name. He says, I do understand that the temperature in the world right now is delicate. Well, then why are you licking people's faces? I, I don't think you do understand. That's his thing, Pat. Yeah, it's his, that's it's his thing. Uh, so I guess you just let that go. Ah, that's Andy. That's his thing. That's oh, what he does. Oh, you face licker, you. Uh, Hollywood actors uh, also are now saying that they have a rampant and pervasive problem of men sexually abusing boys and young men. 
according to actors and lawyers who are speaking up about uh, misconduct and harassment. It's a very taboo subject, according to Alex Winter, an actor and director who said he was sexually abused as a preteen child actor. I don't know of any, any boys in any pocket of the industry that don't encounter some form of predatory behavior. It's really not a safe environment. Of course, this is all kind of kicked into gear by Kevin Spacey, who's been accused of the unwanted sexual advance to Anthony Rapp, who was 14 years old 30 years ago when this happened to him. Uh, and, oh, by the way, they've canceled House of Cards. So do you cancel a series that successful based on one accusation from 30 <laughs> years ago? Or does that mean there's a lot more to hear about Kevin Spacey that we haven't heard yet. I wonder. I don't. Now, the people at House of Cards or Netflix says that it's not just because of this, but they had planned to finish it after the sixth season anyway. Oh, okay. Not sure I buy that. Nah, complete coincidence on the timing. This 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 press yeah. release was typed up, scheduled months ago, and it just woo crazy coincidence. Very interesting timing. But uh, apparently, um, this is really upsetting gay actors because uh because kevin spacey's admission that he was a predator with a 14 year old boy has perpetuated the myth well it's not a myth that people are really doing it is it i mean you've got a gay actor kevin spacey going after a 14 year old kid uh that actually happened just uh, i mean hollywood's in trouble right now serious serious trouble 888-933-93. You know that uh, we spend a lot of time, a, a lot of our time indoors, and the air inside is up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside. But what can help in your home is replacing your old, dirty, and potentially dangerous filter with filterby.com. They'll send you the right size you need within 24 hours plus free shipping. They, they use double the industry standard on the MERV rating, the bottom line on that is that it just easily removes dangerous pollen and mold, dust, and other allergy-aggravating pollution. The only thing easier than changing an air filter is forgetting to buy more of them. So when you set up convenient auto delivery with FilterBuy.com, you'll save 5%, and then you never have to worry about whether it's time to change your filters or not again because they just they come when they're, when, they're, when they're supposed to, and then you just change it. Really convenient, saves you money, just an awesome company. They also manufacture everything they make right here in America. So go to filterby.com today, get the best price on top quality filters, shipped free within 24 hours. Filterby.com. That's filterby.com. Pat Gray, Unleashed, the Blaze Radio Network. Returns. 888-933-93. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, Cambridge. Here's another one. Cambridge getting rid of white authors. Replacing them with black and ethnic minorities. A group of left-wing activists in the UK has forced University of Cambridge 
to agree to the removal of various literary classics written by white authors from its English courses. University will be replacing the works of white writers with books authored by black and minority ethnic writers. That's uh, it's about time. It's about time. Too many white people uh, have written books, and we probably need to burn them. Right. We probably need to pile them up in the town square and light them on fire. It goes without saying, Pat. For the first time, lecturers and tutors would have to ensure the presence of black and minority ethnic writers on their course under plans discussed by the English Faculty's Teaching Forum. UK newspaper The Daily Telegraph writes, Cambridge University's English literature uh, professors could replace white authors with black authors following proposals to put forward by the academic staff in response to students' demands to decolonize the curriculum. Uh, This academic purge follows an anti-racism campaign. Apparently, it didn't include uh, racism against white people uh, by the local student union officials. Uh, Student union's women's officer had started a petition titled Decolonizing the English Faculty, claiming the teaching of classic works elevates white male authors at the expense of all others. And they bought it at Cambridge. So they've been forced to decolonize their English lit course to avoid risks perpetuating institutional racism. I got it. I just, I can't. Right? (laughs) Right? Where do you go with this stuff? Where do you go? We've just replaced (laughs) racism with reverse racism. And, And... and it's like the, the 1950s, the 1940s, maybe the 1840s all over again, except against white people this time. Is that better? Mm. I thought racism was bad. It doesn't matter who it's directed towards. <sighs> Is it any better that white people are now being discriminated against? Well, I, <sighs> you know how to make all this go away, right? And everybody just get along as if uh, you pay up with some reparations. Then everything's going to be better. Yeah. Would it, though? I mean, would it? <laughs> no. Hell no. Of course not. And how uh, much do you pay for the reparations? And uh, who gets them? And do you have to have, like, actual slaves in your ancestry? Or is it enough just to be black? Hmm. No, I... I like, if you're, if you're black, but you're from the Caribbean, and you were never a slave, and neither were your ancestors... Do you get the money too, or let's see? How do we divvy this up? It's going to be a tough. That's going to be a tough call. I think we're paying now with common sense. Bye. See ya. We're giving it away. Just unbelievable. In our sanity. Really unbelievable. Um. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. It is Halloween, and uh, I hope you're not appropriating anybody's culture today Mm-mm. or tonight. Uh, and. Um, I'd, I'd sure hate to see you or your children offend anyone out on the streets, walking down those sidewalks of your neighborhoods, um, and appropriating anybody's culture. That would be tragic. Be tragic. Of course, you can't be a Native American, all right? Uh, you can't be Asian. You can't wear a sombrero. So you can't be any kind of Mexican. Uh, you you can't be a pirate. As far as I'm concerned, because that kind of appropriates white people's culture, white felons from the 17 and 1800s. Uh, so I'm not really sure what you could. You can't be a hobo Mm-mm. because then you're appropriating 
uh, people who are down on their luck, and that's really terrible. You're mocking them. You're making fun of them. You can't be a white princess because that, <laughs> that's, I got to find out what, I, I have to look again and see what the actual term was. That's something about uh, white beauty that's perpetuating the myth that uh, all beauty is, is white, uh, something like that. Elsa, you can't be Elsa from Disney's Frozen because Elsa is a white princess and sh- and you'd be perpetuating whiteness as the standard of beauty. That's what it is. <laughs> perpetuating mean- whiteness as the standard of beauty. <laughs> okay. David in Florida. Welcome to the blaze. Hi. Hello. Hey, David, go ahead. Hey, how you doing? I, I've been watching. It's it's hysterical. What's what's going on? You know, I mean, sad but hysterically funny. The idiots, mm-hmm. uh, you know, going on with this cultural appropriation stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, of course, what you just said a minute ago, uh, the beauty thing, and you know, but I once thought that beauty was in the eye of the beholder, but. Uh, what what I call this is when you first were talking about that, the first thing that came to my mind was, well, maybe there's cultural appropriation in candy. And I thought of the M&M candies, and I thought, wait a minute. Now, we can make something out of that. Now, this is going to be the first conspiracy of this, you know, and it's going to be broke on your show. Okay. And <laughs> so you've got the chocolate on the inside. Mm-hmm. You've got the sweet shell surrounding it, right. holding it down. And on top is a white M. So you've got the white domination thing going on there. <laughs> now, if you turn it upside down, the M becomes a W. But that's the secret code, you see. Uh-huh. So you know wow. how everybody's got into the dog whistle thing. Yes. So this is like a secret code thing to show white dominance. And uh, the the dog whistle thing, of course, what all the left that are saying and using that terminology against the right fail to maybe they don't know that people can't hear dog whistles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, David. My instinct is to poo poo David and Florida's conspiracy theory, but it's just as possible as everything else that's in the news. Oh, maybe even more <laughs> possible. <laughs> ah! Just it's it's really amazing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and it's so bad that even a former uh, domestic policy advisor to Ronald Reagan, so the guy at, at least at one point was a conservative or something like a conservative. He has now said that virtually all racists are Republicans. Uh, Listen to this. There are two silos of information, the conservative silo where they're getting their media from one place then everyone else getting their media from another. Mm -hmm. So how can people sort of protect themselves if they're inside that conservative news bubble? (laughs) Well, I don't think they want. Like there's no liberal news bubble. There's no. What are you getting at MSNBC? Are they again the self-awareness, the lack of self-awareness, the lack of reality that is expressed by people like joy reed on msnbc she works for a a news station that is all left wing that is nothing but news presented from the left perspective and all she can mention is is talk radio and fox news on the other side we've got two outlets you got fox news and you got talk radio 
They have everything else. MSNBC, CNN, NBC, ABC, CBS, all television shows, all movies, most websites, uh, almost all major newspaper publications, well, yeah. all magazines. Are you kidding me? Don't discount social media completely owned and controlled by liberal companies. Just on Google skews your news results. I mean, to, to Google, land on Facebook, liberal websites. All of them are progressives. Stop. All of them. Headed Absolutely. by progressives, run by progressives, all of them. And you're worried about the conservative news bubble? Wow. Uh, we, we'll get to the rest of this uh, coming up here on The Blaze. Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray, The Blaze Radio Network. Former Reagan advisor, Bruce Bartlett, who recently wrote that he helped create the GOP tax myth, ripped conservative news outlets and those who frequent them uh, in an interview with MSNBC host Joy Reid. Listen to this. It's just this is out of control madness. There are two silos of information, the conservative silo where they're getting their media from one place then everyone else getting their media from another. So how can people sort of protect themselves if they're inside that conservative news bubble? That just, uh, I mean, that's, this is a, a host on MSNBC. As far left wing as you can get. As biased as you can get. Uh, they've done surveys from independent sources where Fox News comes out far better from a bias standpoint than MSNBC does. MSNBC doesn't spin anything straight down the middle. They spin everything left. Everything. Well, I don't think they want to be protected, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, you've got a, a huge number of people in this uh, country who get virtually all their news from Fox, where they listen only to talk radio, where you really only hear uh, the right-wing point of view from Rush Limbaugh or mm-hmm. Sean Hannity. And if they're looking on the internet, they're reading the Drudge Report or Breitbart. They're in a closed loop where they never hear uh, many facts. Uh, they hear uh, lies. Uh, and so in, when they hear the same lie over and over again, uh, we know this is called the big lie technique uh, that Joseph Goebbels invented back in the 1930s. Oh and, and unfortunately, it works. You did tweet mm-hmm. out, and I, it might have been last night or this morning, that you will not be able to vote for your mm. old friend Ed Gillespie, who's running for governor of Virginia. And your reasoning, you said his pandering to racist and neo-Confederates uh, is reprehensible. That is another sort of really troubling Trumpian development. But is it just Donald Trump that's causing the Republican Party to sort of, I don't know, cuddle up to or excuse this kind of neo-Confederate ideology that's crept into their base? Uh, Well, you know, it's been said many times that not all Republicans are are racist, but uh, all virtually all racists uh, belong to the Republican Party today. And I'll I'll, I'll make the point as well. So, oh, my gosh. Uh, that is unbelievable. 
Every racist, every well-known racist I can think of is a Democrat. Woodrow Wilson, for instance, Democrat, progressive. Uh, how about Senator Byrd, who was a member of the KKK? <laughs> Lyndon Johnson was a racist in the beginning. Uh, did he cave in eventually to uh, the demands of... Uh, of civil rights yes he did but it, it, kicking and screaming and he did it for political purposes lyndon johnson was not exactly the bastion of uh of openness to the minorities hmm. yeah uh, you you picked out some prominent democrats there but uh, as we all know the democrats are the ones that freed the slaves uh, except for no, no. Oh, wait. yeah no uh, that that these people used to be democrats the democrats yeah. mm -hmm party used to be the party of the South, yep. and now the Republicans are the party of the South. And, and, and a lot of people wow, refuse to admit that stuff. there's been any change. Uh, but uh, I, I, I feel sorry for, for establishment Republicans, people like Ed Gillespie, who I used to work with in the 1980s, or Mitt Romney, or any number of, of others who uh, have to be silent. Uh, they're afraid to speak out in their own party for fear of being uh, uh, excommunicated. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. And this would be yeah. quite a time indeed, to speak indeed. out. <laughs> Mitt, Mitt Romney is far from silent. He speaks out all the time. What are you talking about? Well, that, I mean, that's just dangerous rhetoric. Mm -hmm. That's just rhetoric that fires people up and contributes to the hatred of everybody on the right. You've just said that every racist is a member of the Republican Party. That is unbelievable. If we were to say that about Democrats, there would be such an outcry about how dare you demonize these people. But nobody's talking about Bruce Bartlett demonizing Republicans. And wow, people just... who live in the South, I would like to point out, were also demonized in that clip. Yes. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Uh, 888-900-3393. Also, uh, we're, we're trying to spare you the uh, horror of cultural appropriation today by reminding you not to dress up as anything. If you dress up as anything, you're appropriating something, right? It, just be who you are, all right? Just, just be a better version of you today. And when, when, they, when you show up at somebody's door to trick-or-treat and they say, what are you? I'm me, okay? I'm dressing up today as me Wait. because I refuse to appropriate anyone else's culture i'm not going to appropriate witches culture hmm. vampires okay. werewolves indians mm -hmm. mexicans okay. or any other culture on the face of this earth including my own because uh, as we're, we've been told we can't even dress up our little girls as elsa because you're perpetuating the myth of white beauty uh so so you're going as you I'm just, yes. You're just as you. Just me. But now. Hi, I'm Pat. But you're white. Trick or treat. Well, I can't help that. I'm trying to, but I can't, that I cannot overcome. Uh, Dolazon, that chick could help that. She figured out a way around that technicality. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Rachel yeah, Dolazon. Rachel Dolazon. <laughs> uh, Kyle in, uh, is it uh, Nebraska? Kyle in Nebraska, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, hey, how are you this morning? Doing good. Still there? Yep. Okay, okay. My phone is deep and it's hard. To, it's, okay. I still haven't figured the damn thing out. It's new technology. <laughs> hey, I just, about this whole Halloween thing with the candy. Uh -huh. 
I, I grew up in a small town in Nebraska called Hanson. It's in its heyday, they had a cheese factory, stockyards, two banks, two stores. I mean, back way back. We trick-or-treated clear up into the late 70s. I mean, it was just great to get the big candy bars and everything. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Donathan, and, and you go to Donathan, another small town, we would get these huge popcorn balls. We never had them x-rayed. And it was just a wonderful time in life. Yeah. I said, we never, we never heard about the candy man until years later. I, matter of fact, I just heard about it today. <laughs> really? You'd never yeah. heard about the candy man? I had never heard about the candy man. Wow. In rural Nebraska. That was. You know about Nebraska. You know what to say about Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You put on your seatbelt, put on your helmet, turn your clock back 20 years. That's. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, Appreciate the call. Thanks, Kyle. In in Montana, we heard about that all the time and, and used to have to take your candy to my parents would go through it. And then if there was any doubt, you know, they they started X-raying candy in emergency rooms for free uh, to make sure there's no razor blades. By the way, there's never been a single documented instance of a razor blade in an apple nor a poisoning of anybody's candy, except for the candy man in Houston. Uh, in 1974, who poisoned his own son for the insurance money. Uh, tragic story. But that created the huge myth that it was going on, that there were people poisoning candy when you when you came trick-or-treating. And there was never any other case of that other than that man in Houston with his own son. It wasn't even one of the neighbor kids. Uh, Eric in California. Hi, you're on The Blaze. Hey, Pat, I got one for you. What about if you dress up as Jesus? (laughs) Now, my brother decided to dress up as Jesus uh, Mm -hmm. for Halloween. I guess it was last night or the night before. I know we're talking about cultural appropriation, but it doesn't apply when you put it to Jesus, apparently, because when I wrote my brother, who posted it as his profile picture this, I said, that's a little distasteful. Your friends are telling me it's bad. He goes, in response, I'm in San Francisco. Different rules than fake news conservative circles. Not doing it in a disrespectful way. I think it's pretty disrespectful, but I wanted to know yeah, what I, Pat Gray unleashed things. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I'll tell you that. I, it seems a little bit. Uh, appreciate the call, Eric. I, it seems a little sacrilegious to dress up as Jesus on Halloween, and it that's not uh-huh. something you mess around with. You know, that's that's taking divinity lightly. And I, he, yeah, I think that's definitely. But he does want us to be like him. Yes, he does. So I, I don't know that he wants us to there. dress up like okay. him on Halloween. That's uh, kind of a different thing. Okay. Chuck at Oklahoma, welcome to the Blaze. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to culturally appropriate and dress up as a uh, establishment Republican for Halloween. Wow. Yeah, they're a, a rectum inhaler nasal obstruction. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks, Chuck. Uh, see what he did there. I see what he did. Yeah. Wow, that's, what a, he did. that's a thinking man's pun right there. Sure is. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know that I can handle those. Huh. 888-900-3393. 800-900-3393. I just realized something. I'm wearing the football jersey of a black man. So. Oh, yeah. You're, what, yeah what Michael, that? That's Michael Vick's Michael number. Michael Vick's from... old Atlanta Falcons jersey. So what does that say about me? Uh, you're appropriating an NFL football player and his and his race, mm. right? So I, 
I mean, if you wanted to dress, if you wanted to dress up as a white football player, that might be different. Sorry. <sighs> what can I say? So, can you only sell uh, black players' jerseys to black people? Because that hasn't been a thing up until now. But now, you know, you got to start. I guess we have to revisit every every decision we make. Uh, yeah, somebody sold this jersey to you. Yes, they did. I mean, this was a gift from Pat Gray. When you left, uh, when you left me behind in Houston. Yeah, sorry. And went to sell tires or whatever you were doing. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, 888 <laughs> It's a parting gift. Uh, so are you buying into the cultural appropriation thing? Is that actually a thing anywhere outside of the news? Are, are people really reacting to this and responding to it and listening to these people who tell us that not only can you not dress up your little girl as Moana because you'd be appropriating Polynesian culture, you can't even dress her up as Elsa from Disney's Frozen if you're a white person because that's perpetuating whiteness as the standard of beauty. Again, this has just gone to the extreme of mental illness. These people are, are insane. This mother who has the blog, this Sachi Ferris, and the things she's telling her little daughter, I, I mean, you've got to be tying her up in knots. I mean, listen to this. I don't like the idea of dressing up using the same traditional clothing that someone from Moana's culture may have worn because that feels like we're laughing at our culture by making it a costume. A child whose family is Polynesian could dress up using that type of traditional clothing, but Moana's culture is not our culture. If you want to, you could dress up as someone from your own culture. You could be a tango dancer from Argentina. Otherwise... You could be a modern-day Moana and dress up in the clothing you think Moana might wear today. Dear Lord. Then you're not Moana. <clears throat> you, you, you just blew you're by... You're not Moana. A great point that you made. This little girl has to be tied up in knots. What kind of lasting, irreparable damage are we doing to kids in this insane culture of ours that's, that are going to grow up to be adults that are just, I mean, it's, we're imploding now. Uh, and that's why I think this almost deserves a visit from CPS. I mean, you should almost have your kids removed from your home if you're this insane. 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed uh, coming up in a second. Let me tell you about the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign. Cosmo Hurts Kids, uh, the founder is Victoria Hurst. Her family, the Hurst family, owns the Hearst Corporation, which publishes Cosmopolitan magazine known as Cosmo. So her only goal here is to make sure that pornography doesn't fall into the hands of, of children. She believes it's harmful, harmful to the kids, and I do too. So if you believe, as she does, visit the CosmoHurtsKids.com campaign and find out what you can do about it. The goal here is not to shut them down, not to put them out of business. And it's not even to censor the magazine. It's just to have the laws that apply to uh, children under 18, the state's material harmful to minor laws, have that applied to Cosmo so that it can't be sold to kids under 18. If you'd like to learn more about this, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. We all believe in the First Amendment, but we also believe in protecting our children from pornography. If you believe that too, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com right now. CosmoHurtsKids.com. 
You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. Follow Pat on Twitter at Pat Unleashed and send him your thoughts using the hashtag TellPat. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393. Got the uh, dating game serial killer to tell you about uh, coming up here in a few minutes. We'll even play the uh, part of the episode on which he appeared. Uh, meanwhile, you can tweet us at Pat Unleashed. Got some uh, tweets coming in today. This from Poots Palut. Um, Pat, my nephew is dressing up like a lion. Species appropriation. Yeah, you're fending lions everywhere. Just a good thing very few of them live around here. Yeah, and then the ones that were alive and angry white men go and kill them for fun. Uh, isn't that the truth? Huh. How about we, uh, this from uh, C.D. Gonzalez, how about we perpetuate beauty as the standard of beauty? And if you're ugly, wear a mask. Thank you. <laughs> yes, make everyday Halloween. And for Mike, uh, I know I can't wear a sombrero for fear of appropriating Mexican culture, but can I eat a taco? No. No? No. Really? I don't think so anymore. Uh, you might be right. I don't think so anymore. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let's go to Brian in California. Hey, Brian, you're on the blaze. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Doing good. Uh, you know, I was uh, watching earlier, a little earlier, when you were talking about the uh, the racism being assigned predominantly to Republicans. Yep. And you know, something that's so silly about that is we just assume that only white people can be racist. And the trouble I have with that is we see racism coming from all different groups all the time. But what they've done is they take particular terms like that and hang it on a Republican or just a conservative in general. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're having to defend yourself against something just because you're accused of it. Yes. That's is, is very true. Yeah. And you know what I just, I choose to do. I deny the script. I don't feel the need to defend myself because I'm white or because I'm male mm -hmm. or because I'm straight or because I'm married right. or because I'm any other thing they feel like attacking me for. It, uh, it's just not the way I choose to live my life. Yeah, that's great. Cause otherwise, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be miserable all the time. Yeah. Right. Because there's, they're appreciate the call, Brian. They're calling us so many things and they're accusing us of so many things. Uh, it is nice if you can just ignore it. It, it really is. As far as white people um, being the only racist, we're told on a fairly regular basis that only whites can be racist because uh, you have to have power in order to enforce racism or something. Seems like we just had a black president. Um, seems like a fairly powerful position. Yeah, you'd think that the claims so. of institutionalized racism would go out the window once you... Chose a black man to be your president, not once, but the constitutionally allowed twice. Yeah. Uh, Darren in Ohio, welcome to the blaze. Yeah, how are you guys? Good. Uh, I was calling in uh, on the uh, what you're talking about with uh, the candy man. Um, when we were in elementary school, um, we had a, uh, one of our uh, friends had, uh, we were like third or fourth grade, had got a piece of poison candy, and uh, he had died from that. Uh, and uh, I remember, like I said, they let us out of school to go to the funeral, and they told us at school that if you had uh, 
trick-or-treated in New Paris um, to throw your candy away. Really? So um, That's interesting you know, because... Undocumented, hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, I just, I remember his first name. Um, I don't remember his last name, but I just remember that they were telling us in school to throw our candy away. What was his first name? I'm Googling right now. Um, Austin. Hmm. And this would have been in um, mid-70s. Okay. Uh, we're going to look that up. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Darren, because my understanding is that there's never been a documented case other than the Candyman in Houston. Uh, New Paris, Ohio. No luck on my end. Candy poisoning. Uh, looking for that now. Halloween myths, no razor blades or poisoning candy. And black cats are safe. <laughs> it's right there from USA Today. Uh, I just walked under a ladder today on Halloween Day. Yeah, it's it's okay. Me and Brad that Staggs did that. Are we gonna die? Doesn't mean anything. Real no, it's, uh, it's okay. All right. Hmm. I don't see. I don't. I'm not finding a result for. Uh, yeah, for they, they talk about the the reports for decades. There've been reports of children receiving tainted candy, but according to these stories, there's never been a confirmed case. I, I, so I don't know about the one in New, New Paris, uh, Ohio. Nothing's coming up though on on uh, hmm. on an internet search. Dave in Arizona, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. How you doing? Doing good. Oh, first of all, I love the show. I'm, uh, you know, Pat and Sue show you. is number one in my book, and uh, now it's got to be uh, Pat Unleashed. Appreciate it. Thanks. But, uh, yeah, you guys were just talking about uh, Halloween costumes. I just want to say, you know, I mean, if anyone doesn't have a costume yet, uh, it's not too late to go as the uh, person you pretend to be on social media. <laughs> should be easy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, that would open up a world of things for, uh, for a lot of people, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah. 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 I mean, it should be, should be pretty easy to do. I mean, they <laughs> seem to do it pretty regularly. So. Uh, thanks Dave. Uh, I like Ellie's suggestion. You can go as a troll then if you're online. Uh -huh. <laughs> I like that. Uh, -huh. uh, Jody in Utah, you're on the blaze. Hi. For need of your wisdom. Well, Pat, we missed I the very beginning of that. What did you say? I am in desperate need of your wisdom. Okay. All right. We'll see what we can so, do. Here's my question. Um, I was taught um, classical Indian dancing, Indian cooking, Turkish, Greek, and Romani belly dancing dress <laughs> and cooking by women of those cultures. Wow. If I choose to use any of them as my Halloween costume, is it still cultural appropriation? Well, according according to the numbskulls who seem to be making the rules now, I think the answer to that is yes. I guess you can eat the food, actually. I think you can eat the food. Maybe you could dance in your house. Uh, but if you if you take any of that outdoors, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> um, thanks, Jody. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, again, we just have to stand up to this stuff and call BS on it and just say enough is enough. Okay? We're not doing the cultural appropriation thing. I don't believe in it. It's not a thing. I'm tired of hearing about it. Again, this all started at uh, Ohio University in 2011. So six years ago, Ohio University started this cultural appropriation nonsense around Halloween by saying that it was insensitive or it was racist to dress up as a Native American or put a sombrero on and go as a, a Mexican or whatever. And it's just nonsense because you're not mocking the culture. Why is that mocking it? How do you know you're not? It's not a tribute. Right. 
pathetic. And, and, and how, how many, as this thing, as this insanity takes root, how many kids are going to walk up, particularly in liberal parts of the country, dressed up as some culturally, oh, shut up, and going to be turned away? Like these, these, these self-righteous progressives are going to answer the door and be like, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm totally not giving you candy, Moana. <laughs> it's gonna ha- you know it's gonna happen in countless probably. towns across this country yeah probably will uh t- well we'll get back to the phones here in a second um and your calls coming up 888-900-3393 also the fascinating story of the dating game serial killer we'll share that with you coming up on pat gray unleashed Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple Eight. 933.93. Happy Halloween. One of the uh, most amazing stories I've come across in a really long time is the story of the dating game serial killer. It's a guy who appeared on the dating game, the 60s and 70s TV show hosted by Jim Lang, where you'd have a bachelorette and then you'd have three bachelors that were on the other side of the wall and she would interview them and then pick one of the three at the end of the show. Uh, Well, there was a guy named Rodney Alcala who showed up on the dating game in 1978 who was in the midst of a serial killing spree. And uh, here's what happened on the dating game when, uh, when he was on the show. Well, let's see. Bachelor number one is a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the dark room at the age of 13, fully developed. <laughs> Between takes, he might find him skydiving or motorcycling. Mm. Please welcome Rodney Alcala. Rod, welcome. That's him. And it's time to meet our young lady for game number one, and here she is. Here is a young lady with a wealth of experience. She once earned a living massaging feet, but she quit when her boss suggested that she work her way up. Then she taught school in Phoenix, Arizona, and now she's here to educate our three bachelors in the art of amour. Welcome, if you will, sensational Cheryl Bradshaw. I'm a drama teacher, and I'm going to audition each of you for my private class. Bachelor number one, you're a dirty old man. Take it. Come on, over here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honey, we ought to go out and boogie. That's really embarrassing. Really embarrassing. Bachelor number one, I am serving you for dinner. What are you called, and what do you look like? I'm called the banana, and I look really good. Uh, Can you be a little more descriptive? Peel me. 
Okay. Cheryl, we have reached the moment of truth, as we call it. You heard from the bachelors. You got some great dramatic presentations, some good answers. But now, I'm going to ask you a question. Will that date be bachelor number one, bachelor number two, or bachelor number three? Who gets the date? Well, I like bananas, so I'll take one. Number one, bachelor number one. All right. Okay. He's a guy who's already murdered five women. Let's meet him now, Rodney Alcala. Anyway, he comes around the corner and, and kisses her, and they go backstage. Oh, no. And he's talking about the uh, he's talking about the date that they assigned him, which was, I don't know, something stupid, like you're going to play tennis or something. Was, I, they didn't have the kinds of prizes then that they now have. Right. Uh, so, hey, your lucky date will include a hot dog, and uh, you get to play tennis. If you have your own rackets, good luck. <laughs> so she goes backstage and he starts talking to her about about the date they're going to have. And she starts becoming very creeped out by him and uh, eventually decides while they're backstage, I'm not going out with this guy because he's really creepy. Then w when they interviewed the other two bachelors later on, they both said he was incredibly creepy as well. Uh, and so she, it probably saved her life. She never went on the date with the guy. Wow. She decided uh, he was, he, he seemed too creepy and she didn't want to be with him. And uh, so they never had that date and she lived uh, because this guy was finally caught uh, and, and he got out of it the first time because uh, there was some problem in the trial. And I, I, I don't remember all of the details of the trial, but uh, he he was tried three times before he was finally um, convicted. And he was convicted of five murders, wow. the murders of five women. But investigators thought he was probably responsible for between 50 and 100 murders of women. Wow. Oh. Um, I, that, 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 oh, boy. Crime profiler Pat Brown questioned the effect of Bradshaw's rejection on Alcala, and he says one wonders what that did in his mind. It's something he would not take to too well. So they they even speculate that her turning him down for that date might have spurred him even further and uh, caused him to kill more people. Just a psycho. By the way, he's still alive. He's in prison on death row awaiting his sentence. He's he's been he's been given the death sentence finally, but he's never actually received it yet. And he's I, I think he's in California. He is in California prison and probably never will because California just doesn't seem to put people to uh, mm -hmm. to death even if they receive the death penalty. That's fascinating. Um he's been sentenced to death in fact 3 times. He sits on death row right now because murder convictions span from 77 to 79, uh, placing his time on the dating game right in the height of his murder spree. But they feel like he probably was killing women for up to a decade. Is that, I mean, it's so amazing. It's just chilling when you hear some of his answers. We, we didn't play all of them because we didn't have time to, to do the whole clip. Um, but one of his answers was, she, she asked him what his favorite time of day was. And he said, oh, the nighttime. Because the nighttime's the only time 
And this is, of course, when he's murdering women. Uh, and obviously she had no idea, but uh, and, and felt then, something was wrong. Yeah, there was that other question where she says, I'm serving you for dinner. Actually, yeah. no, I think he's, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here. He hasn't aged well. That's for sure. But he's definitely, he's still... Uh, but I mean, he doesn't look like a, a crazed killer, does he? From not well, he does now. Okay, yes, because <laughs> oh, okay, he's no. got long gray hair now, so that know. that helps. There was but. this other one where he's going into court or something. He looks. I mean, he's kind of a handsome guy. No, creepy. No, it's 1978. People had hair like that. Okay, that's a good. I point. had hair like that. 70s. I wasn't a serial yeah, killer. Right. Never, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just an amazing story, though. And the guy uh, uh, still on death row this very day in California. Triple eight nine hundred Tim in Michigan, you're on the blaze. Hi. Happy Halloween, Team Pat. How are you? Good. Good, good. Well, I just wanted to call here in a little bit just uh, to talk about cultural appropriation. I think that we finally have accepted the premise that it is a problem, right? So... <laughs> I'd like to underscore cultural appropriation in the deeply liberal and elitist world of classical music. Why, Andrea Amati invented the violin, he's Italian. When wow. all mm. instruments related to this Italian instrument, um, the cello, the viola, these instruments that are played by these really incredibly talented uh, Asian-American, African-American people, Yo-Yo Ma, mm -hmm. a Chinese Frenchman, he right. should not be playing in Italian. That's that's cultural appropriation. But it doesn't stop at classical music. I mean, jazz. The saxophone was invented by Adolf Sack. He was Belgian, I think. So when you see these incredibly talented, wonderful jazzers, African American jazzers playing the saxophone, why cultural appropriation? How dare they? They need to be playing the kalimba or the bala or something. No, the it doesn't also stop there in rock and roll. Jimi Hendrix. An African-American who did the British thing, playing mm -hmm. a right-handed instrument upside down. Why? That's that's a double whammy. <laughs> yeah. Boy, true. The instrument is German. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we could take this to an extreme, couldn't we? Yeah, it is, it's so ridiculous. But that's sometimes, appreciate the call, Tim. That's sometimes what it takes is to just take it to the absolute extreme and make it as ridiculous as possible so they can understand uh, that you're, you're just, you're killing us here. This is nonsense. BJ in uh, Mississippi, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, hey. Um, the first time that I ever heard about cultural appropriation, uh, I thought it was interesting because they went after Beyonce Knowles and Coldplay uh, for a video that they released at the, er uh, the early time of last year. Uh, she was dressed in... Uh, traditional Indian garb, like Hindu Indian. Okay. Uh, and, and the Indian culture just went crazy over it. And then a few months later, I, I remembered this while I was waiting. Uh, Gwen Stefani got in trouble for dressing like a American Indian in one of her no doubt videos. Just thought that was interesting. They're, yeah, you, they're both uh, liberal. You absolutely, that, that is great. I love it when liberals eat their own. That's, that's yeah. always fun to me and they deserve it. Because they're yeah. behind all this. Uh, thanks for the call, BJ. Uh, yeah, Native American dress is absolutely taboo. For some, you just can't do it now. Because if you do, if you actually do dress as Native American, wear the headdress, what you are going to be crucified. 
And uh, we don't necessarily want that for Halloween. Brad in Colorado, welcome to The Blaze. Hey, uh, happy Cultural Appropriation Day. Thank you. (laughs) You too. You know, I thought uh, if we follow the logic of this cultural appropriation to its conclusion, it seems to me that uh, black athletes playing baseball, basketball, or football should perhaps not be allowed to play those sports and perhaps maybe not even speak English. Well, they, the, all those sports were were uh, invented by white people. Is that is that your? Is yeah, that those point? all have European. Uh, yes, I guess you could say white European origins. Yes, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, so that would kind of ruin the sports, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you don't want a bunch of white guys out there on the NBA basketball <laughs> you court. Don't. You don't. You just don't want that. Uh, I mean, every any time, like any time you see more than two white guys on the floor, right? You know that team's going to lose <laughs> if their name's not Kyle Korver. <laughs> that's for damn sure. But uh, you know that might that might that might. Hey, no, I don't like this idea. The Hawks <sighs> might actually have an opponent they can beat. Hey. Yeah, if you put white guys on the floor, mm-hmm. no question about it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. This is uh, an awesome company, and it's a conservative company. Unlike the rest of the the big mobile industry, they all give to liberal causes and hundreds of millions of dollars in some cases. Planned Parenthood. Uh, they advocate for sanctuary cities and gun control, but there is a solution. It's called. Patriot Mobile. They're affordable, they're conservative, and you can uh, you can you can choose what organization you want up to five percent of your monthly bill to go to. Could be the NRA, could be to support traditional family values, could be uh, to bolster religious freedom. Uh, whatever you want, uh, they will do. And you get the same nationwide coverage with unlimited talk, text, and data for a better price. In fact, right now, you get unlimited talk and text starting at 20 bucks a month. Just an incredible price. $20 a month. Call them right now. 1-800-A-PATRIOT. That's 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Or visit the website, patriotmobile.com slash pat. That's patriotmobile.com slash pat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Steggs joins mm-hmm. us, and I don't understand <laughs> what you're going there. What? supposed to you got a little something on your lip there. What? B. Oh. Oh, oh, that. <laughs> Sorry. And what is that? Exactly? I forgot to shave this morning. It's, uh, you know, just a little something. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What? You forgot to shave where? Because, I mean, the rest of your face is nice and smooth. Oh, it's just oh, right, it's I, I, right between the nose and the know, lip there. You know, you can make of it what you want. Okay. okay. But look, I tell you what it's not. What is it not? Earwax. <laughs> Fair point. It's not earwax. And you know, it is lunchtime <laughs> in several time zones. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing <laughs> like a little lunchtime earwax. Let's talk about your earwax. <laughs> That's why you need Wax RX. Uh-huh. Look, it's one of those things nobody wants to talk about. But sooner or later, you're going to thank me. Because if you use the Wax RX system, you'll be able to hear. You won't have that, that nasty itching, that tingling, that, that, that inability to hear things in your ear. Those earaches, they could all be caused by excess earwax. And especially if you... <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Your mustache is going the wrong way. It's yeah. It's Says you. Says you. Reaching for the stars. You know, if I do this, it looks like Super Mario. 
Oh, yeah, it does. Nice. Yes, it does. Yeah. See? Except nice. Super Mario doesn't wear a mega hat. Uh, oh, Mech, make America Texas. There you See, go. See, it's a Texas hat. You just assumed it was I a I just assumed. Hat. Yeah, until I actually read it. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Make America yeah. Texas. Exactly. I See? like that. Yes, please. See? And, and, and you at home, you'd be able to hear what we were talking about if your ears were cleaner. Uh-huh. Go to usewaxrx.com, three-part system, put the wax softening drops in. Use the specially designed squirt bottle to get the right amount of water pressure and the right amount of warm water into your ear clean it all out use the uh, third the uh, ph balance cleansing solution for nice supple ears mm-hmm. which i do happen to have underneath these headphones yeah. and you will be amazed at what you can hear don't be like me on vacation and think you're going deaf go to usewaxrx.com <laughs> use promo code radio to get free standard shipping get those ears clean it's not a laughing matter you really need to do this use waxrx.com Pat gray on the blaze radio network Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Is cultural appropriation a thing? No, <laughs> it sure shouldn't be. Mm. And I, you know, I hope we stand up to it and say, you know, shut up. <laughs> There's so many things <laughs> left for us to stand up to. Shut up. Who has enough time in the day? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a world gone absolutely mad, turned upside down, and uh, it, it, it just. I've had enough of it. I really have. I've had enough of the cultural appropriation, the cries of racism that only Republicans are racist, that only only Republicans um, uh, can appropriate culture, only white people can be racist. It's, it's just, it's time to stop all of the madness. Also, how old is too old to go trick-or-treating? This is a question... Mm. I ask every year because every year kids are showing up like, if you have a beard, don't show up to trick-or-treat at my house. Don't, no. Beat it, kid. Beat it. (laughs) What are you, 28? Get off my porch. That's the line, huh? Yeah. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) If you've got a beard and it's your actual beard, uh, no. Uh, No. uh, You're too old to be (laughs) trick-or-treating. Okay. I stopped trick-or-treating, I believe, at about 12 years old. How old were you, Producer Keith? Seems like I was probably causing more 19, trouble. 20, than, uh, 22. What was, what, how old last was I year. last year? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I think I was a freshman in high school. Or it was like, ha- you'd go to some houses. That's not too bad, yeah. Yeah, and then you would just cause trouble the rest of the it's, night. You know, it's the kids that have, that have the stubble or the beard, and they're showing up at 1030 at night. Yeah. Trick or treat. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah. Beat it. Yeah. I was 13. I don't like I that. Yeah, 13, 14, yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh let's go to Ralph in Virginia. You're on the blaze. Hi. Hey Pat, how are you, buddy? Doing good. I got an interesting story. I, I own a comic book store in southwest Virginia and the city came to all the people downtown and asked to do something for Halloween. Um, and put put it outside our store. Well, I have a little vestibule, so inside the vestibule, I did a spin on what if um, Luke Cage found Thor's hammer. And and with that, you know, you put 
you know, you put the the the, the hat on uh, on Luke Cage, and, you know, make his hair blonde. Yeah. And everything, and I I even had a couple people that that shop in my store, the black people that helped me do it, but all the other, all the other ones that really don't know that this is a book from 1982, threw a big stink, went to the city council. You know, they, they're wanting me to, you know, take it down, talking about trying to find me for being, uh, you know, racist. And what did they, th- I, I've missed, what, what did they think was racist? Because they said that I was trying to turn a black guy into a white guy. Because Luke Cage is a black guy and Thor is uh, a white okay. guy, and all right, hmm. so. I, I guess that makes Michael Jackson a racist too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, that was horrifying, Keith. I don't know what kind of freak would even say that. Ooh. Uh, thanks, Ralph. Appreciate it. Uh, Halloween night was his favorite night, by the way. <laughs> Sidetrack. Sorry. I, I guess you can't. Yeah, I guess you can't do that, right? You can't. You can't have a black guy be Thor because Thor is white. So I, I don't know. Can a black person appropriate a white person's culture? That probably wouldn't be a problem because you know white people have no rights. <laughs> so we've got <laughs> we've got no claim to anything. I guess we don't have a culture. So everything we have is fair game. Surprising then that they would be upset with that. Uh, Armand in California, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hey, Pat. Hey. Um, so the last few callers uh, made some really good valid points, but it only seems to be that when it comes to cultural appropriation, the it's it only seems to be on physical appearance. It doesn't have anything to do with activities. I mean, I understand and I actually get, and I was trying to think of, you know, a musical instrument or a sporting event. Those are typical European uh, uh, things. So, but it only seems to be that it's physical appearance, which is exactly what we've been trying to fight this whole time. You don't base somebody on the color of their skin, but on the content of the character. But it seems to be that right. the left only wants to judge you on the content of your, or not on the content of your character. But I have one and one response only to anybody that ever questions me or my kids or anybody else's costume. How dare you assume my gender? How dare you assume my race? How dare you assume anything of mine? If Rachel Dolezal and Sean King can identify themselves as black, this Halloween I am going to identify myself as an 11-year-old Polynesian sombrero-wearing Native American girl. I and like you that. You have to like it. I you like don't that. just have to deal with it. You have to like it. Yes. Oh yeah. You have to love it. I mean, yeah. like it's not I nearly far enough. I am. <laughs> Thanks, oh. Armand. Yeah. How do they know how you identify? Thank you. That's the perfect response. Huh. Because you know, again, you're borrowing from them, and uh, what are they going to say to that? Because we did hear from Rachel Dolezal. Uh, we heard that, you know, she identified as a black person, even though she was totally white. Um, so who are we to say she's not black? Well, um, we're human beings who have eyes and she's not black. (laughs) (laughs) Aliens, please, please come now. Uh, is it Myosha in Florida? You're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, Pat. Um, I just wanted to I just wanted to um, talk about this the other uh, cultural appropriation issue because I just did a podcast on wearethenewface.com and my theory is this 
the hope with all the cultural appropriation, I think it's going to lead to segregation. I really do. Um, and the reason being is, okay, once upon a time, it used to be that we were celebrating diversity. It wasn't that we were, um, there was a negative connotation to anything that we were doing. You know, it was just you're celebrating diversity and having and enjoying learning about other people and, you know, wearing their stuff. It's not a big deal. But now it's something so negative. They dropped the myth in front of the appropriation, so it's just appropriation. They threw everything negative in the um, bucket of appropriation, and then suddenly it just becomes so evil. It's so evil, everybody's racist. So my thing is this, especially since we're in the climate where SJWs always need a safe space, and who knows, they might push for one legally, it's going to put force people who feel like, okay, you're targeting me unfairly, to just start separating themselves. Like, I've been on campus, um, my first degree and my second degree, or I'm working on my second degree, and I watch all the time, quite often, as people literally separate themselves. There'll be Asians in one place, black people in another place, white people in another place. I mean, it'll go from being kind of mixed up and depending on what the, acti- not um, activity, but whatever the, whatever's going on, they'll separate themselves into different groups. And it's, it's a, a concerning thing. I'm not in support of that, but it's a really concerning thing. Yeah, because, uh, you know, that used to be a bad thing, right? We we wanted yeah. to live together in peace and harmony and all get along. Exactly. And you're right. And now we're doing the opposite. It It is, it's strange. Um, thanks for the call, Myosha. Uh, it's, it's interesting when all of these different rules that the left has assigned society now start to clash with the, with each other. And that does happen because they've got so many rules, they've forgotten which ones sort of fit and and which ones don't mesh anymore and everybody wants to be offended it's like a badge of honor now yep 888-933-93 cultural appropriation or uh how old is too old to trick or treat on this halloween coming up on pat gray unleashed pat gray Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. It's the Halloween edition of Chewing the Fat. Boo. With uh, Jeffy. Mm-hmm. Hello. Uh, I've, you know what I've noticed is some people uh, appropriating your fatness. Have you, have, you, have you seen that on Halloween? Some people stuffing some extra padding around their midsection. That's appropriating your fatness, and I'm pissed off on your behalf. For Thank you. you. I, I am. Because that hurts. I'm offended for you. I was all ready to wear an outfit, and I thought, I, there's nothing I can wear. Right? You're, you're appropriating everything. Yeah, there's nothing you can wear. There's nothing you can wear. You just, I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. If, we're to, if we're to go along with this, and my hope is we're, we're not, not going, we're along, not going with along with it. Yeah. yeah, that'd be nice. Stop it. I'm yeah. going to wear what I want. Yes. Thank you. It's I mean, Halloween. You know, the whole point is I'm wearing something one, that you're not. I'm one 932nd Cherokee, as you know. 
And they took my whole Cherokee nation and locked us on a reservation. Oh. They took away our, our native tongue. Huh. They, they taught their English to our young. Right. And all the beads uh, we made by hand are nowadays right. made in Japan or even more nowadays oh. like China. But still, I mean, they took away our, our, uh, our bow and knife, the, the tomahawk and oh. the bow and knife, our ways of life. Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's challenge him. Let's see how deep he can go here. That's pretty I can deep. go pretty deep. That's pretty I can deep. Go pretty deep. I'm just not sure I should. <laughs> I mean, it, look, it's Cherokee people, right? Cherokee tribe. I mean, that's so proud to live. And and listen, they're so proud to we're die. We're so proud right? to die. Yeah, thank you for knowing so, that. You're welcome. Oh, I, that. Yeah, no, I'm here for you. The... Uh, uh, fascinating dating game killer okay. isn't that something so i went back and i watched the whole video of what they have posted anyway of his yeah. of his uh, of the appearance on, on the, yeah. the dating game yeah and it's creepy really creepy. especially I mean, just because i mean it's even more it's creepy because of that era I, and, and the I way was, they all looked i was trying to remember i mean i was trying to f- look at it with the eyes of that time period before right. you knew the guy was a killer right. would it have been as creepy as it now seems Just, i don't know i don't, I don't know either not. i don't know either but, but she had something in her that said don't go with this guy which was great right don't I mean, go with this guy her. You and have, it saved her life you know it did you have to listen to that voice you yeah. have to how many times i mean in in, in yeah you have in, to in our lives alone the little things where you go ah it's a spirit i shouldn't you. have done that yep i mean and you know better listen to it yes and that's a good and she did. Right. And, and it th- saved her life. Right. If other times it's, you know, you, oh, I knew I shouldn't have cut it like that. Then you cut your finger off, but that's not your life. Right. I mean, this is dangerous. Yeah. Listen to very. it. Listen to it. And uh, the prize, I went back for, A, two things, a couple of things in the Wasn't story. Wasn't it that, like, they played tennis or something? A Wasn't full it tennis literally? outfit. Literally? It was a, tennis. A full, an entire <laughs> tennis outfit. Oh. Clothing, wow. rackets, shoes. No way. Balls, just, I mean, completely decked out tennis outfits. Wow. From... <laughs> That had to cost okay. up to fifty bucks. Had to. <laughs> no way. It was it was in Hollywood? Okay, Twenty five. It was in bucks. Hollywood on Beverly Hills Boulevard, Ventura <laughs> Boulevard. No way. That's a fortune. Otherwise, I forget the name of the joint now. Can you believe how dumb the prize and was? And then they went to uh, a theme park. Oh, that's then they right. They got to go to a theme park. Do, do we know which one? Yes, they say so. They was it Magic Mountain ride. or something? Yes. It was Magic yes. Mountain. So it wasn't even Disneyland. Right, Magic Mountain. <laughs> well, <laughs> Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain. And they'll get turned upside down on the roller coaster. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> So they never went on. The, obviously, they never went on that day. Right. Yeah. Good for her. Because it seems like I was reading that she said he was talking about doing something else. He didn't want to do what they had them do. Well, we can go do something else. Yeah. And, and that was one of the things that creeped her out. Right. So. And he had already uh, been in jail before this. Yes, he had. For, That's uh, right. And they didn't even do a background check on any of well, these guys. He, I think in their defense, he was tried for like rape or something. Okay, and the girl never serious. testified. Yes, yeah. the girl never serious. testified. So the police ended up getting him on something that they could just get him on themselves without the girl. Uh-huh. Some kind of, I forget what it, it was, some kind of something. But he went to jail for a while. Yeah. So he had been out of jail already of on that. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, it was... <clears throat> But obviously, they did no background checks on these guys. Well, I don't know that there was a national one like that then, right? Probably not. But, I mean, you want to look into 
whether or not they and have then back a, in, a record. I mean, in 2010, they added another murder on him, too, right? So in just a couple of years ago, they added another murder on him. Wow. I mean, it, there's bodies everywhere, right? I mean, you're right. They're, yeah. they're, they're thinking that there are plenty more bodies well, other one, than the five or six that they've got. At least one of the investigators said up to 100 women he wow. believes he killed. Up to 100 women. Oh. Wow. And uh, the guy still hasn't paid the ultimate price for it. He's been sentenced to death, but he's still on death row in California. They just so they strange. just never dish out that punishment there. So it's uh, it's a it's a pretty amazing story. It sure is. It's a chilling story when you look at it now and you see what he looks like and you think, "Wow, I would never guess that guy's a serial killer." And think of this: he did that just because he wanted to prove that he had the gonads. To go on television right. and get somebody he wanted to murder. That's what I was thinking, too. I mean, that's a bold move. That sure is. After you've already been to jail, you're in the middle of murdering women. Which actually bolds well to the police officers thought that uh, because she sh- shot him down. Yeah. Uh, that, that he killed him more. Off. Yeah, that, that spurred I mean, him on possible. to further. Possibly. Yeah, it's possible that he got, you know. Yeah. That was agonizing. So anyway, Wendy Williams, you know her, radio, TV star. Huge star is uh, she, maybe a little. I want to see. Extreme. She, it's fascinating because uh, yesterday she yesterday she passes out on uh, passes out on her TV show. Whoa, comes out. I saw that headline. And she passes out and it's a fast. It looks great. She comes out. She's all jumping up and down, and there she goes. Who passes out? What was down wrong down. She what goes. happened? Uh, they just said, "Oh, it's dehydration." Dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> but here, this is what's fascinating to me about the story. Okay. Mm-hmm. They say it's dehydration. Wendy's been working really hard. She's going to be back tomorrow because she wants to uh, finish up uh, finish up shooting the shows that they're already planned on shooting because this is her fifteen hundredth show. Fifteen <laughs> hundred <1500. laughs> for Wendy oh, Williams. If a tree falls in the she's forest. like ten seasons in. Wow, ten seasons in. That's amazing. Mm. Wendy, Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams. I mean, nobody knows from whence she came or why it's she's on. It's a syndicated on. show, and it just I know. sell nobody, it to the no, Americans. Does anybody watch it? I've I don't, never heard. I don't know. I've never but heard she a single person talk about star, it. No, but she gets some of the bigger stars when they come through town. Just like Graham Nash. <laughs> just like Graham Nash. <laughs> You know, Graham Nash, he does the talk show now. Yes. He, now, but he used to he used just to travel sing. the world singing. Yeah, singing yeah, yeah. with uh, David Crosby. Yeah. I was fascinated. And then, of course, you know, when you Graham see... Norton. Do you know the guy, though? The I guy know, I'm talking uh, about? I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Have yeah. you noticed this, the they all magnitude come of stars? Yes. He gets we've, we've talked about that before. I have no idea. The only thing I can think of is that it's Britain, right? I guess. And that's the probably the main show to go on to promote your wares I guess when you're so. in town. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what you do. And they right? all do. Those guys don't look. I mean, literally. I got news for uh, uh, Ma and Pa Kettle in the middle of the country. Uh, George Clooney doesn't show up on Jimmy Kimmel just because he feels like stopping by. No, they're all got... in town to hawk something. Yeah, they're pushing That's something. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, hey, I thought I was in town. thought I'd stop by. How you doing, pal? Mm-hmm. I mean, that may happen, uh, you know, rarely. It's highly unlikely. But yes. So mm-hmm. they're all hawking something. You got a so, movie. You got a book. Right. You got a play. And so, uh, you know, the reason that and maybe that's the, the, the only show that sells in England. I don't I don't maybe. know. But he gets them all. Yeah, he, he does. He sure does. And I, and at the same time, he gets like a Tom Cruise and a Scarlett Johansson. Same show. Yeah, they're sitting there. Yeah. Huh, they're just laughing. Yeah. Huh, and they huh, hang huh, around. It's not, yes. like, not like the Tonight Show where they get up and leave and then the next one comes. I they, know. They all sit together on the couch. I know. Some of the thing. clips. Some of the clips are the, uh, the headline will be uh, 
this star cracks up when this other superstar says something stupid. Right. It's amazing. It's just like the Adam Sandler thing with uh, Claire Foy. He kept putting his hand on her knee because she's sitting right next to him. Hey, I think that was. I think that he was just being funny. You don't. That's not I funny in this environment, though. Are, do you not understand? It's a real problem, and you just, shouldn't be doing that. He's just trying to be funny. Well, I, I mean, I can't imagine any other thing he was trying to do but be funny. But he didn't act like it was a bit. That's what made he, it funny. No, that's that. That's that uh, Andy Kaufman yeah, type that's of what humor. Made it funny. That doesn't make it funny. Yeah, that makes it, it uncomfortable. Uh, even if like what is it say if it he was doing that to you. I made it if you were on air and he was just I would have done just what t- she did. Take his hand and put it back on his own <laughs> person. But I was reminded <laughs> watching Wendy Williams crash of the Buckner uh-huh. pass out on Glenn's TV show. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I went back and uh, pulled the video for that just to watch uh, Glenn and David. Are you okay? You okay? You okay? It's really good. Yeah, here we should we should have it. It's really funny. I mean, okay. not funny. So all of this that was bad that everybody and said, so oh no, we can't invest in that. The government invested in, and now this is full of cancer. If all of those had cancer, this now, now has it. Okay, so this is uh, uh, Treasuries. You all right? Uh-oh. I'm passing out. Okay, are you okay? You want to hang on? Passing out. Okay. Why don't you okay. you want to sit down? Go on. Okay. All right. Oh, 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 oh boy. Oh boy. And he literally passed out. Down okay. he goes. Somebody help him, please. Down he goes. Somebody help him. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back in just a second. Dehydration. Is that what it was? I think he had. The, he was actually really sick, right? He had the flu or something. Really. If bad. I remember right, yeah. yeah. That was a weird thing, though, because really he said was. it like three times. I'm passing out. That's not. Glenn's like, okay, go ahead. Glenn goes to shake <laughs> his hand. <laughs> Hey, I'm shaking the hand of someone who's about to pass out. No, 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 he needs you behind him, man. That's so good. No, give him a chair pass, to sit in. He's in the middle. I'm passing out. Okay. All right. Just a minute. Let me get back to my board. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then do the stage hand go, do we need to get his mic off or something like that? It's like, it yes. really funny. I mean, it's a weird it's moment. funny, but it was a weird moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. viral on TV for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cranston. I don't know if you're aware of uh, the great uh, actor Brian Cranston and his outspokenness against this story kind of ticks me off. I kind of like what he said. I mean, said. I like what he said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really do appreciate what he said very much because he he came out and said, look, uh, President Trump is not the person who I wanted to be in that office, and I've been very open about that. Um, that being said, he is the president. Mm-hmm. If he fails, the country is in jeopardy. It would be egotistical of anyone to say, I hope he fails. To that person, I would say, F you. Why would you want that? Right. Okay. Right. So that's why, the you know, the, the beginning of the story, outspoken against then-candidate Donald Trump recently changed his tone. Well, he didn't change his tone. That's what this country was built on. It's what we're we We're not did. supposed to. Yes, exactly. We weren't, we weren't huge Trump supporters. Yeah. But when he became president, all right, He's we want him still to succeed. The president of the United States of yeah. America. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Yes. We well, obviously don't want him to fail. I mean, that's just ins- it just drives ridiculous. me crazy. You want America to fail if you if you right. want the president to fail. It's it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all and it really kind of yeah. I don't know, just annoys me. Obviously I mean, annoys him too. And good for him. Yeah. Right. Cuz he's a lefty. He's he's not yeah, a conservative no, he, no, guy. No, he's not a conservative, but he is an American. Yes. He realizes that his Fame and fortune uh, has come from America. Right. Hello. Yeah. Uh, like the that. reason that people know who Brian Cranston is isn't because of uh, uh, Germany. Right. America. 
Uh, just a quick update on LinkedIn, just so you know. I know that uh, those of you have... Uh, <laughs> LinkedIn, you know, the bane of our existence. Yeah, don't, don't click on their emails. But now, what even better, uh, in the last couple of months, they've started uh, doing video uploads to as a part of a bigger video push. So not only do you get the emails, but don't click on them. Because not only are you in oh, the system, you're, you're in videos. trouble if you do. You're I get videos. about 80 requests a day. You're getting videos. Okay? I hate it. So just be <laughs> Be careful. They're uh, trying to catch up to Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat, and they're having people upload their videos to their. So you'll be able to if you click on it, man. Hi, this is Bill. Remember me? No, I, I, nor do I want to. <laughs> <laughs> My spam blocker is going to remember you. <laughs> That's going to be so good. And uh, today, uh, President Trump and uh, Melania handed out uh, trick or treats uh, oh. at the White House. But uh, there was a oh, picture. during the day already. Yeah, they had kids come through with their little outfits on and gave them candies out of the baskets. Cute, get out of here, ha ha ha. But the shot that was making the rounds on Twitter has a perfect shot of Donald Trump bending down, saying hello to this little kid. Okay, mm-hmm. and you can absolutely see how he combs his hair. It's absolutely, it's perfect. It's you oh, can wow. see. I mean, it's perfect how he, oh, he's got is, two yeah. sides. And the one side comes up, so there's two strips that are really bald right in here. But he's got them slide, slick back. It's a great shot. It's a perfect, and it's not a bad shot yeah. at all. It's just that's how he does it. It's a perfect example of how he does it. <laughs> that's interesting. That's really, I was like, huh. holy cow, that's how he does it. That's, that's, that's amazing. Re- it's really cool if you get the chance to look at it up close and stare at it. You'll, you too can comb your hair like Donald Trump. Mm. And of course, don't forget, uh, you know, Talking Walking Dead. Uh, you can download that. That's uh, up to down on the Jeff Fisher uh, radio page. How was we, how, uh, cut? Uh, how was the second week? Yeah, of season Walking eight. Dead? Was it good? Episode two. Yes. Second was, week of season eight. Yeah, second week of season eight. It was uh, action packed. Doesn't seem like it has the buzz it once did. Action packed. Um, Does what? it? I mean, is it still as scintillating as it once was? Do I people believe, talk about it like they once did? I believe they're. I believe right now they're at a hundred million viewers every day. <laughs> what? what I don't know. About? I didn't get a chance to look at the numbers to see. I didn't get a chance to look at the numbers, so they, I think I, th- time, I could be off. I yeah, could be you, off, but I think there are so hundred million. You're off by about every day. You're only off by about eighty-five million. <laughs> so don't worry about it. Uh, and man, six days. But I will tell you this: uh, at one time, Walking Dead yes. was the number one show on television, yes. and it had almost twenty million viewers. Yeah. Which for an AMC show huge. is unthinkable, huge. and they're still huge. Look, they're still, it's still uh, they're big, still yeah. still huge. Yeah. And one of the things that they like to brag about too is how they shoot and how they shoot uh, under budget and keep everything in in shots. Because I know they were they've been slamming, uh, trying to make fun a little bit of. Uh, well, we shot all this in uh, you know eight days. Game of Thrones would have taken a month, mm. and uh, so you know they're trying to you know try to have a little battle there back and forth. But right. you know it's still. I don't know that it's. Uh, I can't. I have. I never didn't take a look at the numbers, so I'm really interested to see what they are now. Gosh darn it! Thus ends chewing the fat. Oh, with Jeffy. Uh, you know, you can be prepared in a lot of different ways. You can obviously be prepared with food. You can be prepared with uh, generators, but you can also be prepared with GoTenna mesh. Uh, powering the first 100% off-grid, mobile, long-range, consumer-ready mesh network. This is awesome. Those are kind of cool. So what, what happens is you can send texts and GPS locations without cell towers, routers, or satellites. So if all those things are down or blocked or jammed or whatever, 
you use your GoTenna Mesh network, and uh, you can go device to device. If you think about uh, all we've had with the recent, uh, you know, catastrophes, the hurricanes, fires, the horrific events in in Las Vegas, there's a lot of things that can shut down communication with your loved ones. Um, but all you have to do with these, it's lightweight. It'll clip on your belt or on your backpack or just fit in your pocket. You just pair the device with your phone using the GoTenna app or leave it un- unpaired in strategic locations, and then you can relay communication from device to device. And right now, when you go to GoTenna.com, that's G-O-T-E-N-N-A.com, use the promo code PAT15, you'll get 15% off your order of two, four, or eight packs. Don't wait till you need it before you act. Visit GoTenna.com today. Save 15% with promo code PAT15. That's GoTenna.com. GoTenna.com. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 888-933-93. It is Pat Gray. Uh, we're talking about The Walking Dead and its numbers now. It's still, it's still the number one show on television. Uh, I don't know if it beats Game of Thrones because I don't have those numbers. Yeah, I don't know that either. Uh, but The Walking Dead a couple of weeks ago was up against Monday Night Football, Colts, Titans, and the ALCS Yankees Astros. Game seven. <laughs> Sunday Night Football. So Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, no, it beat, it beat Monday night football. Okay. Okay. So it had a six, eight rating, 1849 crushing Monday night football at a two nine, uh, Yankees Astros had a two seven. So that's huge. Still doing well. So that translates to how many, what? 15 million people, Uh, 15.04 million viewers. Yep. Wow. So that, I mean, that's impressive. It's still doing well. Look, my hundred million was a little off. Yeah, ever so slightly. Like I close. said, what did I say? It was 85 million off. <laughs> it was a and carrying was. Er- error there. Yeah. It's Jeffy Math. Uh, Brian <laughs> in Oklahoma, you're on the blaze. Guys, what's hey. happening? Uh, you are, Brian. You're happening. I am Brian. Brian. You are. You're happening. Go ahead. You know it. Hey, listen. Uh, remember a few weeks back when uh, Jeffy's resume showed up on Twitter? His, no, no but uh, Jeffy's really? resume was on Twitter? Huh? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I... See, I hacked into his computer, which wound up being a speaking spell, and um, <laughs> and all of it. And I found the somehow I managed to find the administrative password to all of his website. Okay. And, uh, yeah, old dirty bastard, you need to change that, Jeffy, because that was the first thing I put in. And boom, right in. And. Uh, and, Why, is I mean, I, <laughs> Why is this guy still on? Why is this guy still on? Hey, um, well, I also found the selfies that you took from back. Why is this guy with, still on? With, <laughs> with, with Noah. I mean, you were there at the, the <laughs> Noah. <laughs> All right. Uh, then there was a uh, birth of Christ. <laughs> um, I mean, those are worth some cash. Uh, thanks, well, Brian. Hey, yeah, yeah, you need to, you need to <laughs> just get rid of the. Uh, uh, yeah, clear your browser history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and ODB might not be the right password for for Jeff. Uh, thanks a lot, <laughs> Brian. It's ODB one, OD- as we know. He really complicates <laughs> it there at the end. Eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Stewart in Virginia, you're on the blaze. Hey, hey, how you guys doing? Hey, good. 
Pat, I won't talk to you. I was talking to Jeffy. Okay. How are you doing, uh, hey, Jeffy? Oh, fine. Hey, how you doing? You all right? Do you get the dishes okay. done, or well, what are you doing? What are you working on? Well, I'm just sitting there now. I'm six or seven years old. All right. But you know what? If I would have had somebody like your size, they're always making fun of your weight. And I know. I wish I'd have had you blocking for me in high school. Thank you. You, you know, maybe I wouldn't have broken my arm twice. And you would not have. Blew it my knee. You know? You would not have. But anyway. It, it, it's just sad that he can't get down on a three-point stance. Otherwise, yeah, well, he'd hey, never Jeffy, move. So. Jeffy, tell me if you've ever had this experience. I went to kiss a girl under the mistletoe when I guess well, maybe 18, 19 years old. I couldn't get my arms around her. So I started mocking and chalking. You know what I mean? I mean, I was going around. You know, I'd try to hug her, and I'd balk here, and I'd balk there. And hell, you know, by the time I got around about halfway, I met a guy coming around the other side. <laughs> okay. Uh, We're all out of time, Stuart, but thank you for the call. <laughs> That's a... Uh, uh, you know, cavity day. as funny as that... <laughs> I mean, as horrible as that is. Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's worse than making fun of me. Okay. Is it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. 888-900-3393 with your uh, cultural appropriation stories. Are, are you buying into this stuff? Are, are you even concerned about that? What is? What, oh, like, what are your kids no. going to be tonight? No, 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 no. Um, uh, Maximus is uh, going to take his sister around. Uh, and she's what, 12, 11, she's 10. 10. Oh, she's, she's 10. 10. So she's still into it. Oh, yeah. yeah he, that's... He's, he's, gonna, he's dressed up as Negan. Got the leather jacket mm, and, and everything. Which... And, he's got, and he's got my, uh, got my Negan bat. Yes. What is from she going to be? And uh, Maya's gonna be... she, I think, is... she's changed it so many times. I'm not better sure. Better not be Moana, be... man. I'm calling the hate police. Yeah, I better can't... not. Better not. <laughs> it can't be Moana? No. No. That's what it is. And she can't be a white people a person either, at least not a Disney Ew. princess, because that's perpetuating She's been Disney princess. Yeah, she past, might just so. want to phone can't, this can't Halloween in. Can't do it. More Pat Gray Unleashed <laughs> coming up. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Halloween, 888 Uh This is kind of interesting. A police officer accidentally discharged a firearm in Stephen Paddock's Las Vegas suite. This is the uh, Las Vegas monster who shot and killed uh, 58 people, wounded another 500 or so. So following the massacre... A police officer accidentally discharged his weapon in the room. What? And we're just hearing about this now? Again, there's so many weird things about this and so many unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. And and so because of that, and then they just shut down. They had all of these weird conflicting reports, and then they just shut down all the information flowing. So what's going to happen? Well, you're going to get all kinds of cons- conspiracy theories. That's what's going to happen. And it's what did happen. So now you got the numbskulls who are saying it didn't happen. These were crisis actors. They're threatening some of the victims on, on Twitter. It's insanity. The Las Vegas Review Journal just broke the story, though. The police firearm went off inside the suite sometime after, the, uh, after officers made entry. 
but the round or rounds were not fired in the same room where the gunman was found dead hmm. uh, with what's been described as a self-inflicted gunshot wound. It happened, and we're investigating it, just like we do with any officer-involved use of force. Nobody was struck. <laughs> Strange. I mean, just really weird. On the night of October 1st, he, of course, uh, shot and killed those people. It was 58 dead and 546 injured. And still, a lot of unanswered questions there. I, I wonder if we'll ever get the answers to the questions that we have. First of all, they don't even, we still haven't had a, a motive assigned to this thing. We, we don't know why he did what he did. And it would be nice to at least understand that aspect of it. Also, now, Netflix is, has suspended House of Cards as they look into Kevin Spacey's uh, sexual assault allegation. Oh, boy. <clears throat> now, this House of Cards was his creation, right? The way I understand it is he brought it to Netflix and said, you know, this can be your show, and they paid him $250 million for it. Um, but now they've suspended production on House of Cards. And uh, that's interesting, meaning maybe there won't be a season six. Season five's already been completely loaded, right? It's already on Netflix. And you can, I think you can watch all the episodes of season five. But now Netflix has decided to suspend production on season six until further notice to give time to review the current situation and to address any concerns of our cast and crew. Uh, so this news obviously is in the wake of what actor Anthony Rupp or Anthony Rapp said about uh, Kevin Spacey that he made a sexual advance toward him at a party when uh, Anthony Rapp was 14 years old back in 1986. And it, and again, it's somebody who said nothing for so long. Why? Kevin Spacey's, if you've forgotten or, or didn't hear, his response was, I have... A lot of respect and admiration for Anthony Rapp as an actor. I'm beyond horrified to hear his story. <laughs> as if he's Wait. a third party, <laughs> disinterested party. I, I have some really story's... interesting stories got there. I... It's your story, too. <laughs> you know? I honestly do not remember the encounter. Why? Because you uh, attacked so many 14-year-old boys, you can't remember this one specific incident? incident? Uh, it would have been over 30 years ago, but if I did behave... As he describes, I owe him the sincerest apology for what would have been deeply inappropriate drunken behavior. And I'm sorry for the feelings he describes having carried with him all these years. Now, apparently the homosexual committee or community committee, there probably is a committee too that decides oh, these things. Yeah. But the homosexual community is really pissed off at him for acting as if being gay is the excuse for... Uh, attacking this 14-year-old kid because they've tried to say that that's a myth that that ever happens, but it obviously happened here. So is it a myth or does it actually happen from time to time? Are homosexuals just like everybody else in that sometimes they do things that are wrong? No. This story has encouraged me, Spacey says, to address other things about my life. I know that there are stories out there about me and... Uh, that some have been fueled by the fact that I've been so protective of my privacy. As those closest to me know, in my life, I've had relationships with both men and women. I have loved and had romantic encounters with men throughout my life. 
And I choose now. He chooses. It's a choice. When I thought you were born with it. But he says he chooses now to live his life as a gay man. I want to deal with this honestly and openly. And that starts with examining my own behavior, Kevin Spacey. Sounds like he's going to have even more time to examine than he previously thought. Yeah, it does. And it, it sounds like there may be no more House of Cards, which is interesting because if Netflix shuts down House of Cards and doesn't do another season and is willing to forego that amount of money that they'll get for this, uh, that's... Do you think huge? Yeah, maybe that must mean that he did a lot more than just this one kid. Or this is pure speculation on my part. As the news broke, I was thinking, I wonder if they showed up to to film some episodes today, and uh, some cast members were like, "I'm not working with that guy. I'm out of here. I'm, not, I'm. You're gonna have to. I don't know. Maybe, but I from one little incident. I mean, I guess it's a pretty big incident to the people involved, obviously. Uh, but 30 years ago, uh, I, I don't I see, know. Yeah. Yeah, there might be a lot more going on there. Yeah, I, I, I would think that there's a ton going on. And we just keep hearing about more and more and more people who are being swept up into these charges and allegations. And House of Cards, you know, one of the biggest shows on TV, if you're willing to forego the last season of it mm. and not even, not even produce the last season, it, it would have to be bad, I would think. You would have to find out some serious dirt on Kevin Spacey to to have to distance yourself from him uh, in that way. But they're saying that uh, Hollywood has a, a rampant problem with this and a pervasive problem of men sexually abusing boys and young men. And that's according to actors and lawyers who are speaking out now. Uh, Alex Winter is one of them. He says it's a taboo subject, but I don't know any boys in any pocket of the inter entertainment industry that don't encounter some sort of predatory behavior. It's really not a safe environment. Just something to think about if your kids are involved in Hollywood. So uh, while the gay community wants to put a lid on this thing and and stop it as if it's... You know, this isn't pervasive. It's it's not a huge overriding issue. Now there are people saying, yeah, it really is. This goes on all the time. And homosexual men are hitting on young boys all the time. That's a real problem. And what they're calling that is uh, a homophobic opinion. <laughs> that if you think that it's a big problem in Hollywood, you're, you're a homophobe. Good golly. Whatever. <laughs> I just, I mean, like with everything. I, I, whatever stop <laughs> i can't i know call me whatever the hell you want we man. just have to dismiss it just is plain dismiss it Ugh. also the former editor-in-chief of the new york times magazine edward klein has a new book out um and it's called in all-out war the plot to destroy trump klein reveals that an F fbi investigation proves coordination between american college campus far-left radicals and islamic terrorists from groups like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. The investigation started uh, in the resistance movement spurred by college socialists and anarchists. You know, it's the Antifa movement. And so he started looking into this thing and then started finding that the FBI says there's clearly overwhelming evidence that there are growing ties between U.S. radicals 
these left-wing students and the Islamic State, as well as several ISIS offshoots and splinter groups. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. And no. it's, it's not uh, Ed, Edward Klein who's saying this. It's that he found that at the FBI. FBI is the saying The FBI is saying it. Last summer, the FBI began investigating international radical groups like Antifa and other anarchist groups. Um, and Klein's book has some of the details. Now that the Bureau has determined that they have followers in the radical uh, U.S. resistance movement in the United States, it's clear there will be additional violence in the attacks on law enforcement and U.S. institutions, including banks. Ties between three key leaders of the Oakland group met in Hamburg with the leader of AQAP, that's Al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula, and the AQIM, Al-Qaeda in the Islamic Maghreb. The leader from AQAP is an Egyptian-born male who is known to be in charge of finances and recruiting for the group. And Antifa (laughs) has met with them. Uh, You're talking about treason here. One of the men from Oakland traveled to Syria to meet with ISIS. The purpose was uh, for training and tactics, but was thought to be primarily a bonding visit. Yeah, because you really want to bond with ISIS, <laughs> right? What? You just want some good friends. Hey, we just want some good friends. And yeah, we thought ISIS would be a good place to start yeah. to find new friends. Yeah, you can't have too many friends. You can't. Right? While in Hamburg, several of the Oakland-based criminals were photographed throwing Molotov cocktails and wielding iron bars which have been their weapons of choice, though they are almost certainly on the verge of upping the caliber of their weaponry for use in the U.S. Despite having their faces covered by masks, they were positively identified anyway. This this group and their connections with the radical Islamic groups must be disrupted and destroyed, according to uh, Klein, who also claims that under Barack Obama's watch, anti-American groups were able to coordinate and foment insurrection because they were largely ignored. By the FBI under his administration. The FBI is really playing catch up because the Obama administration refused to give the Bureau the resources it needed to effectively infiltrate and surveil the radical groups on college campuses. They thought they were no problem. They were always looking to infiltrate right wing groups. What right wing group has ever worked with Al Qaeda or ISIS? My guess is none. Just really, uh, wow. But I thought we were homegrown terrorists, so you would think that maybe we're connected somehow. And I have seen nothing about these idiots being called homegrown terrorists. No, and you won't. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I was just thinking about uh, the way we used to uh, handle Halloween back in the day when Glenn and I were together on FM, you know, morning show radio. When um, you know, it was it was quite not as not quite as serious as talking about cultural appropriation, right? You know, before people got offended <laughs> at the drop of a hat. Sure. Yes, we used to go to. Uh, 
a place every Halloween that was supposedly haunted and uh, try to spend the night there and broadcast from it and see if anything would happen. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I didn't necessarily believe in hauntings. <clears throat> or if it, if it is, if there is some sort of presence there, I always felt like, well, it can't be good, right? Because... I think God's a little more organized than people get trapped in a home because they're not ready to leave. <laughs> you know, I like that. The spirit, the spirit is trapped there because they're they're not ready. They don't. They can't find their way out. God's filing system. Really? Just, it's yeah, I lost, I lost you know, one like, over there. So I don't know what happened. Take inventory to them. in the next millennia because <laughs> there's too many spirits floating around that haven't been accounted for. Yeah, I, and so just leave them in that house, and eventually they'll figure it out and wander up here. I I don't know. It just doesn't seem likely to me. It doesn't seem possible to me. Like, he's the author and creator of the universe. He can't help somebody get back to where they need to be. Some things fall through the crack. Some souls fall through the crack, you know? (laughs) Right? I mean, it's a counting error. I mean, you think about how how much we love our children and how much we want to protect them. And if anything goes wrong, we want to lead them back to to the right path. How much more is that... You know, applied to him, who has perfect love for everybody. Uh, so I, you know, I've always had a hard time of believing that there's a spirit trapped there. If it's a spirit, it's like an evil person from the bowels of hell who's oh, infiltrating that house. You know where this is I, going. So Jeffy, yes, floating around in a house. Exactly right. <laughs> Have you ever experienced a haunting? Hmm. Uh, do you believe? In haunted house, actual haunted houses. We went to a, uh, I took my, two of my daughters, they wanted to go to a haunted house this year. And so <clears throat> we wanted to go to one of the best haunted houses in Texas. So we Googled them and, and, and looked it up and, and then decided to go to one that was fairly close to home, which was a terrible decision because we should have gone to Dallas or Fort Worth. Instead, we went to this suburban location. And oh boy. It sucked. It was like... Okay, I mean, really? You just have people that jump out and say, ah, every once in a while? Could you see the strings on the puppets hanging Pretty down? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it, it was two for the price of one. So you get through this zombie-like place, and then it was a clown place. Wait. There were literally like two clowns in it, and Ooh. the rest of it was just painted walls. Okay, so it's like two haunted houses. I thought you were saying it was this great haunted house with a group on <laughs> it's about no. group unworthy, was it? No. Oh. Uh, but an actual haunting yeah. have you ever experienced? Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Now, mm. if you got an actual haunting, then I believe that's an evil presence. There's a lot of people though who claim, no, there's nothing wrong with them. They're just they they do mischievous things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Lord <laughs> allows them to stay in that house. And just make banging noises from time to time. (laughs) I don't really get that. My mom, when my dad died, always thought that uh, she would, he would alert her to his presence in the house by turning a light on. I'm like, really? That's what he is spending his time doing now? Hmm. Switching on and off lights? Wait a minute. <laughs> was your house? dad like me? Where if that light is, if you leave that room and that light is still on three seconds Are you seconds working later? for Montana Power? That used to be his question to me all the time. <laughs> what are you leaving the lights on? You work for Montana Power? Right. Uh, no, it, not yet. I'm like 11. So 
<laughs> you probably did say that. That really work for anybody right now. Uh, so like to hear your stories about uh, hauntings, if, if you've had them on this uh, Halloween. 888-900-3393. Also, we have the M1 ball coming up mm. uh, very shortly. It's November 18th, which is a Saturday. And this is the way M1... Mercury One pays for, you know, all the administrative stuff. This is the way we're able to function all year long so that all of the proceeds that you donate to certain causes we ask you to donate to, 100% of that money goes to, uh, for instance, hurricane relief. So um, we've worked with, Mercury One has worked with veterans and families, supported Christians and others persecuted in the Middle East assisted when homes were flooded or destroyed by hurricanes and worked with partners to fight sex slavery in the United States and globally too. And Mercury One was able to do all of these projects in 2017 because of the annual M1 ball and raffle. And that keeps, keeps the lights on. So help Mercury One continue to do that work in 2018 by coming to the M1 ball or if you can't make it, you could purchase a raffle ticket and you might win a 2017 GMC Canyon pickup truck. The tickets for the raffle are $100 each, and there are 7,000 that are still available. And you can enter more than once. So this is a fantastic truck. You could win it for 100 bucks. The drawing will occur during uh, Mercury One's annual gala fundraising event, the M1 Ball, American Cowboy, Saturday, November 18th, don't have to be present in order to win. So for more details, go to mercuryone.org slash M1, the number one, ball. Mercuryone.org slash M1 ball. And uh, we'll be there, of course. Uh, I'll be there. Glenn will be there. Stu. Uh, Jeffy. Wait, Jeffy's going to be cleaned up. We try to keep him out of these events. Uh, but sometimes he sneaks in anyway and then, uh, you know, eats most of the food there. So yeah, get there early. Get there early. You got to get there early. Because if, if be... Jeffy's there, there's not going to be anything left. Jeffy to the buffet. <laughs> you know, while we're while we're on uh, Halloween and uh, the M1 ball, let me show you something that is uh, really kind of a positive, uplifting story. There was a man with Down sy syndrome testifying to Congress, and he's doing this because he's trying to show them that his life is worth living. So could we maybe not abort people that you detect in vitro that they're going to have problems, like Down syndrome? Because uh, there is quality of life, and I'm glad I'm here is what he's kind of saying. Uh, here's a look at what he had to say. Whatever... Whatever you learn today, please remember this. I am a man with Down syndrome, and my life is worth living. Really nice. And then he talked about how, uh, how great his life is, despite having Down syndrome, making America great again. Some people say prenatal screens will identify Down syndrome in the womb, and those pregnancies will just be terminated. 
it's hard for me to sit here and say those words. I completely, I completely understand that that, that the people pushing this particular final solution are saying that, that people like me should not exist. Mm. That view is deeply prejudiced by an, uh, by an outdated idea of life with, with, of life with Down syndrome. Seriously, I have a great life. I have, I have lectured at universities, acted mm. in, in an award-winning film and an Emmy-winning TV show, and spoken to thousands of young people about the value of inclusion in making America great. If that doesn't move you as a U.S. congressman, you, you're dead inside. That, that's just amazing. Frank Stevens continued his testimony uh, talking about the ethics behind choosing which humans get a chance at life and which ones don't. Finally, we are the, we are the canary in the, eugenics, in the eugenics coal mine. We are giving the world a chance to think about the ethics of choosing mm. which humans get a chance at life. That's, I mean, heart-wrenching. Yeah, that heart-wrenching. That, that phrase alone, A, that it has to be spoken in America, but B, yeah. boy, does it hit right, right, it cuts it right down the middle right there. The canary in the eugenics coal mine. Absolutely. And, and in the previous clip, he used the phrase, and you know this isn't by accident, final solution. Yep. Because that's a Nazi phrase. Uh, the Nazis' final solution was to eliminate undesirables in their in their in their society, like I don't know Jews, handicapped people, and that's what he's talking about. I mean, that is it's eugenics, it's uh, it's ethnic cleansing, yeah. it's frightening, and so I, wow, that is some compelling testimony, and hopefully. That'll cut through the normal uh, blah, blah, blah of the discussion and really help these people sit up and take notice that, hey, that's right. These are these are actual people. These are actually human beings with things to contribute, people who have feelings and enjoy life, despite the fact that you might not think that their life is the way it should be. 888 3393 Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pack Ray Unleashed coming up in a second. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Network. 888-933-93. Hauntings. Have you experienced any? Uh, I mentioned a few a few minutes ago. I just don't, 
you know, to me, it can't be a person who's lived and died and their spirit is trapped. I think things are more organized than that. However, maybe it could be, you know, the evil spirits who, uh, you know, at one point were actually kicked out of heaven and, and they never came here to get bodies. Huh. Do you believe in hauntings? I don't know, man. You don't know? I just, I'm, I know. Ghosts? Cop out. Yeah, I just. So you're going to take a positive stand you don't know. How do you like that? That's pretty powerful. good, right? You it's, like it? It's powerful. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 888-933-93 on this <laughs> Halloween 2017. Crystal in North Carolina, you're on the blaze. Hey, how you doing? Good. Good. So, yeah, I have an interesting story. I wasn't mm-hmm. really a believer in the spiritual world, as in hauntings. I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the Trinity and things of that regard, but never give much thought to, like, hauntings. Okay. But this one particular year in 2015, uh, October 2015, my family went on vacation to the North Georgia mountains, and it was beautiful. We had a log cabin that was uh, really secluded, which we were after seclusion, but once we got there, we were like, Okay. Oh my gosh, it's a little little creepy. A little too gorgeous, secluded. But a little too secluded. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I felt good. I had my Bible. I wasn't worried. <laughs> <laughs> but as we moved through, we uh, and we arrived like midnight. And of course, we're going in. We're checking out the pool table and the hot tub, and the kids are playing. And my son and daughter point out to me on the windowsill that someone's took a pen, like an ink pen, and punched in the word death. I'm like, oh, you know, kids, it's okay. They shouldn't ruin the people's property. It's okay. So uh, after a little, you know, a little bit of time of playing and pool and and, uh, in the hot tub, I'm washing clothes and I'm hearing this tap. Like we're on wood floors, wood walls, wood ceiling, whole cabin is wood. I'm like, who's tapping? It's 2 in the morning. Everybody's in the bed. It's just me. Who's tapping? So I run. I'm like, honey, um, are you tapping up here, like on the floor? The No, no, no. And So I just, like, put everything out of my mind. Seriously, it could be anything. It's a house. It's in the middle of the woods. And mm-hmm. who knows? Mm-hmm. So we're moving through the week. And I do see things that cause me to take a second thought about what I might have just seen but you know like an orb and I thought well maybe the sun's shining in through the window because you had a nice clear view it could have been just really anything so here I am discounting the fact that I possibly just saw something (laughs) so now both of you know my senses are fairly heightened at this point because I've heard things I've seen things and I feel the hair on my neck standing up and uh as we move through here again, this is about Tuesday. On Thursday evening, there's just like this tension. You know, we could just, we were stuck in the cabin. It was raining to beat the band. I mean, the North Georgia mountains, North Carolina, South Carolina mountains were flooded. So we'd been stuck in the cabin pretty much all week. Thankful we had so much to do there. But uh, we were really just like, we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we go to bed that evening, and there is a wraparound porch, and at like 3 in the morning, my husband and I hear footsteps walking around that porch. And we sit up, and we look at each other, and we're like, 
oh my gosh. So immediately I did what a good Christian does and start reading the Bible. <laughs> we break out the Psalms. <laughs> We're going to get this thing rectified. Anyway, uh, the next morning we get up and we're uh, planning to go out and to pick up some groceries and, and just explore a little bit regardless of the rain. We were just like done on the mountain um, and our vehicle would not crank. And we were just like, oh. okay, Lord, I don't know what's going on here, but I'm a believer now. I believe I've seen orbs. I believe I've heard things. <laughs> My mother came and spent the weekend with us for the last portion of our vacation. She swears that she felt a hand touch her in the middle of the night in that same room that I heard the tapping and that she also experienced tapping. So needless to say, it was we were thankful to have family come help us with the vehicle, yeah. which pointed to something as simple as an elevation issue because we're from the Piedmont of North Carolina. So there was, you know, to take that into consideration. But let me tell you, Pat, I'm a believer. So you're a believer. The Holy Spirit protects me from the other spirits. Right. <laughs> He's here for a reason. So, um, but I don't put my emphasis in that. I put my emphasis on Him mm-hmm. and. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's you know, great. So, do, I mean, w- uh, d- would you go back again? I think I would because, would A, the cabin was so beautiful, but there was another thing that really freaked us out. There were a ton of spiders unlike anything that I've seen before. I mean, I've seen, <laughs> like, uh, but these were some really big spiders that were furry, and I'm like, okay. So, you know, that's also, also associated with Halloween. And, yeah. And Just to make dark, it a little bit spookier, dark. spiders were included. Yeah, yeah, yeah spiders yeah. were there, and, and we were freaked out by that a little bit. But um, I think I would go back. I'm not scared of anything, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. not invincible. I'm I'm going to die, and I'm okay with that. But, um, I, you know, as long as I got my Bible, I'm good. I think the, I go the word death etched in the window would have freaked me out sufficiently right, right from the very what beginning. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have been comfortable with that uh, at all. One one thing uh, I would thanks, say, Crystal. you did ask me, um, you know, do I believe in ghosts and all this good stuff? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know. But I will say there are a lot of people that I've uh, encountered in my life who I trust who swear up and down that they have seen crazy stuff and uh, witnessed uh, unexplainable things. So, mm-hmm. you know, a gun to my head, I guess, yes. But and, I don't know what it is. Every region of the country has their own sort of folklore mm-hmm. about a certain area that's haunted or a certain person that's seen from time to time, like the lady in white, and she appears on this country road every Halloween because somebody took her out and killed her on that road, you mm-hmm. know, 80 years ago. I mean, <laughs> I think every little community has their own story, and a lot of times people believe them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhonda in Georgia, you're on The Blaze. Hi, Pat. How are you? Doing good. Good. You, you're really Let concerned, or are you just making small talk? <laughs> I'm just friendly. Okay. You know? Right. Yeah. I we're, can we're accept Georgian, that. So, anyway. Right. Um, I'm a firm and devout Christian, mm-hmm. so I do not believe in ghosts. I do not believe that when you die, you can float around here on the earth. You, yeah, me you neither. Know, I just don't believe that. Yeah. So, in 1989, my husband and I had our last child, and I was home on maternity leave. We had lived in the home three and a half years, absolutely not a problem. My husband traveled all the time. I was home alone, no big deal. 
immediately following the birth of our last child, um, I was home on maternity leave, and I was in the kitchen. My baby was in the bassinet. Um, as moms do, I was turned around just to check on him, and I thought I saw someone standing over the bassinet. And I thought, okay, that's weird. Um, hormones, just, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I just put it out of my mind. But immediately following that, um, we started having, uh, uh, there were 10 years difference between our children. And our young, our oldest son had always had his friends come over and they would spend the night. And they stopped coming because they started telling their parents there was a ghost in, in that house. And we started having things happen uh, in the middle of the night. Our oldest son's race car set, which was in our basement, would just start going around the track. And no batteries. We took batteries out. But it, it would do it periodically. It would just start by itself. Without batteries. Um, That's interesting. Without batteries. Yeah. No, it was freaky. And so um, things began to escalate. Um, we stayed. I mean, we were in the house. It was our home. And it wasn't like an everyday thing, mm -hmm. but uh, it started to get a little more frequent. Our um, smoke detectors began to go off in the middle of the night, just, you know, and we would, we would check the batteries. In fact, one night my husband took them all out and they kept going off, even without the batteries. Uh, about wow. six months after that, our youngest son... Was just, he was always frightened. He didn't want to go in his room, even as an infant. I, you know, if I would put him in another bedroom, he was fine. His room, he would not. He just, he was, he would scream, cry, and so uh, he actually was with me, and we were standing at the top of the basement stairs, and we had just, I had carried him up. He was, he was starting to walk and crawl a little bit this time, and I set him down to open the, the door and let my dog outside. And my son rolled down our basement stairs. But the position I put him in, it was almost impossible for him to have done that on his own. And he ended up in intensive care with a closed head wound and bacterial mm. meningitis, at which point I told my husband, I said, look, I've seen somebody a couple of times. And I said, I want to move uh, because I think something is trying to harm this child. And my husband said, does this thing that you've seen look like this and he described it perfectly and I said yes and he said let's move and so we, we did we, we sold our home wow. and right before we moved out um, just to have a photograph for our you know our, our memory book I took a picture of the house as we were leaving and back then we had Polaroid cameras so it developed pretty quickly and uh, my youngest son, the sunlight, to me, it looked like in the picture, was reflecting off of his bedroom window. And when my two-and-a-half-year-old son saw this picture, he said, Mommy, that's the man that is in my room. Um, wow. And we just pulled away from the house. <laughs> and it, it didn't follow us. So, you know, my feeling was, was this a ghost? Absolutely not. But there was there was some sort of evil, uh, and I really always certainly believe that it it really was after my youngest son, um, and that sounds silly, but um, sounds creepy is what it sounds like. It, it was uh, creepy, you yeah. know, and, and you know I'm I'm a pretty logical. My husband and I both are, are very logical people, so we don't really tell people that story. Yeah. 
but um, it is the truth. And, and, you know, when my son said that, looking at the picture of the house and said, that's the man that was in my room, I'm like, that's it. You know, glad we sold the house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, how far did you move away? Within the same city? Within the same city. Okay. And absolutely no incidences. And, um, you know, it, it was just. But, you know, I have to tell you, Pat, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I raised my children. I have two sons uh, who are now grown men mm-hmm. and very productive, very excellent people. They contribute a lot to the world around them. And I always felt that, you know, there are evil forces trying to stop. And uh, yeah. I, I just always felt yeah. like, you know, they were trying to stop the good that was in my child. So anyway, wow. that is my story. That's a, it's a chilling one. Uh, thanks, Rhonda. Yeah. You, you've had no no instances since then, huh? In the new house? Not, one, not, not at all. Not one Not one time. Huh. All right. Appreciate yeah. the call. Thanks. Uh, 888-900-3393. With your story. <laughs> <coughs> okay. What's going yeah. on? All right. <coughs> Need a lozenge? <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Thirty-three on this Halloween edition. Let's go to Mary in Maryland. Hi, Mary. You're on the blaze. Hi, Pat. How are you? Good. I absolutely love your show. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love it. I just I can't say enough about it. Um, I have a, a story. I don't think it's haunting or evil, but um, about spirits. Several years ago, when I was single. I lived in a townhouse that I rented, and not long after I had moved in, at night, there would be five people that, I guess, lived there before me, Mm -hmm. um, that they didn't pay rent. They came (laughs) out when I went to bed. Every night? Uh, Every night. And were they always together, or did they... Yes. It was a little blonde-haired boy that stood next to me on my side of the bed, on right at the, you know, right at my my head. Uh-huh. Um, a Hispanic woman that stood at the bottom of my bed. A white gentleman. I could only see the back of him, but he had a rolled-up rug that he was like tugging out of the closet. And two black guys that <laughs> were in um, camouflage. You had a diverse group of ghosts, didn't <laughs> oh, you? Oh, yeah. Like, I had was, everyone. Everyone was that, covered. That was inclusive. Um, um. Yeah, and one of them was in the closet. I don't know. what something about my closet. The other one would sit on my bed, and that kind of freaked me out. I woke up one night, and they were all there, and I looked over, and I said, what do you want? And the one sitting on my bed just smiled mm-hmm. and put his finger up to his lips and told me to and I thought, okay, you know, take what you want. Don't bother me. And um, I turned the light on, and they weren't there. But 
But every single night when I was alone, if I brought any, if I had anyone with me, um, they would never come out. So were you? And they came out what? every single night. They were never you, talked to me. Weren't you terrified? I was terrified. I did not want to go to sleep at night. Wow. But they never harmed me. They were always doing the same thing. And it just kind of freaked me out. And I was talking to a couple of friends, and they did some research and found out that the area that I lived years and years ago had been an ancient burial ground. Ah. And I don't know if these were, I don't know what they were doing in my townhouse. Mm -hmm. Like I said, they never harmed me. Um, I mentioned it to the lady who owned the townhouse. She never lived there because she inquired it in a divorce. And um, I was so curious because I got married and moved away, and I want to go back to this townhouse and knock on the door and ask them if they're still there. (laughs) No. Yeah, I mean, that would be interesting. Is it anywhere near where you live now? Yes. Is it? Wow. Yeah, I think I'd go back and see if they if they see five people. I want people. to so bad, but I don't want to freak anyone out if yeah. they're not there. Yeah. But they, you know, they didn't come <laughs> with me, so I I really don't understand. Very strange. But they never harmed me, and they never talked. Wow. Uh, all right. Now, is that the kind of thing you when you go to sell the house? Do you have to disclose that? Like, yeah, I see ghosts and stuff. <laughs> there may be other people living here mm-hmm. <laughs> that aren't paying rent. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Thanks, Mary. Appreciate it. An all-inclusive haunting. Because right. there was a white girl, uh-huh. a Hispanic, yep. two blacks, mm-hmm. and what was the, the fifth person? Was that an Asian or uh, uh, Native American? Something else. I'm not sure we know. Uh, let's go to Tanya in Iowa. Tanya, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi, Pat. I have a spooky story for you. All right. My ex-husband and I lived in an old farmhouse, and in the middle of the night one night, I kind of sensed someone around me and sensed that someone had sat on the end of the bed. You know how it feels when someone sits, you know, on the bed while you're on it. And I Mm -hmm. open my eyes, and I look, and there's a silhouette of a person. And I wasn't scared, but I shook my head, and I was like, am I I seeing what I'm seeing? And I shook my head, and he was still there, kind of did that a few more times. Figure was still there, and finally he you know, was gone. And I wasn't scared. I just went back to bed. I'm like, well, you know, was I dreaming? What was what was that all about? Well, the next day I went to my in-laws house and was telling them about this experience. And I told them there was a figure at the end of the bed. And he, I could tell he was wearing a white and blue pinstripe bib overalls. And he had a hat on with the flaps like Elmer Fudd. You know, like that hat with a flap that come down over the ears. Yeah. I, could, I told them that I, I could tell that's what he was wearing, but he was still kind of, you know, he looked like he had a light or was glowing. Mm-hmm. And my father-in-law, his face turned white. All the blood came out of his face. He said, that was Clyde. I said, well, who was Clyde? He said, that's the farmer that owned the house. Every day of his life, he would wear blue and white striped bib overalls and a hat exactly like that. And I had never met him, but I could describe what he looked like. <laughs> That's pretty weird. <laughs> that it is, is weird. pretty weird. He didn't do anything, though? He just sat there? He just sat there. He's kind of looking at me. <laughs> he didn't do anything, and I did not feel scared. Did you, s- you would think that if you saw something like that, you yeah. would be like, oh, You'd my Lord, what is that? Um, no, I, I was not scared. And was it just the once? 
it was just that one time I saw him, but in that house, I felt if I would fall asleep on the floor, I would sense like someone just walked right by and stepped over me. You know how you feel uh-huh. like someone takes a step over you. We'd hear weird noises. Um, yeah, there was something going on there. Wow. Uh, all right. Appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Tanya. Uh, Colleen in Illinois. Hi, you're on the blaze. Greetings, gentlemen. Um, Happy Halloween. You too. I love your show. Um, I have a story. I actually do have several, but I'll just tell the one that was most profound to me. I was, my husband and I have, he's now 24, but when he was in middle school, our son would lose his house key like twice a week. (laughs) So one morning, mom, I lost my house key. Okay, here's mine. Go on your way. So as I was cleaning the house that day, I went in his room, and I said, well, let me look for this house key. It's got to be, there's probably a collection under the bed. And in his room, there are two built-in bookshelves in the wall, just filled with books. And I'm looking, and I'm looking. I look under the bed. I look under the laundry on the floor. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go and get another one made for him. So I, as I'm walking out of the room, I get into the hallway, pretty well down the hallway. I hear a book thud on the floor. And I was like, that was really weird. We don't have any, we didn't have any cats or no animals were around to cause this to happen. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's really weird. So I walk back in the room and I go to pick up the book. And as I'm putting it back on the spot where it fell off, the key was right there. One of the house keys. So (laughs) So I was like, well, at least whoever it is is helpful. (laughs) And I'm a small small woman. I'm like five one. And like 125 pounds. I mean, I'm not stomping, and I wasn't angry because I thought, oh well, I'll just get another key made, go to Ace. Right. But yeah, so. So it was um, a it was a helpful hunting. Very helpful. <laughs> yeah. Very helpful. Call. That, that is really yeah. weird. That's really it was weird. Very weird. I thought, well, thank you. I just. Said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> very right. very nice of you to do that. All right. Thanks, you guys. You great Thanks. job. Love your show. Thanks, Colleen. Appreciate it. Uh, very very weird. I, I don't know what would account for a helpful haunting like that. I, you know, I guess you can't explain everything, can you? Even though I definitely like to. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. I I don't think I've ever had an instance of uh, you know. My wife is always waking me up in the middle of the night, or used to all the time. I hear something. I hear someone. And in every case, you know, it was hmm. nothing. Now my my daughter, my 17-year-old daughter does it all the time. There's a hobo up here in our house. <laughs> no, there's there's no hobo up uh, there. It's, could, it's, could be like my house. Happen. Just has mice crawling all over it could right now. That. Squirrels, Yay! mice in the attic. Yep. 888-900-3393. Use that number tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Happy Halloween. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.